0: Are we live? We're live, man. We're live episode 172 with uh, our friend here, Adam Sosnick. We have uh, Vinny O'Shana in the house. Tyler's sitting on the sidelines, but he's always very helpful. And a special guest today who's a very, very unique, special uh, <laughs> uh, guest. You'll see why when we go through it. You're going to be confused a lot, but you're going to get a lot of clarity. And uh, But she's cool as hell. Uh, Batia Ungar Sergon to the entire Syrian community that's been texting me and DMing <laughs> yeah. me I mean when I say entire Syrian community Everybody. I'm talking like 19 of them Everybody. that have messaged me my, my and mom? you my mom is she a Syrian yep. she is not a Syrian. She's mm. not a Syrian we were disappointed prior to the podcast she's not <laughs> yeah. sorry guys and she's also not a Palestinian Jew according yep. to the disinformation camp mm-hmm. on social media Wikipedia. uh Adam she's, she's she's part of my
1: people y'all yeah. Yeah. so you Assyrians cannot clamor. She's but, part of the Jewish honest, tribe. But, but be honest, when you did hear Palestinian and Jewish, I do, automatically I was like, that household must have been divided. Oh just, my God. Right? Like, like the Gaza Strip. She's like, you stay on your yeah. side. We'll be on this side. Don't argue with she mom. Loves me, she <laughs> hates me. She loves Carlos, me. She hates me. Carlos. Vinny needs
0: 5% down, by the way. Yeah, so it's already happening. Her Always. book, her book uh, uh, Bad News How Woke Media is Undermining Democracy. Here's what's interesting She's a, she's a Marxist who thinks. Trump is more of a Marxist yeah. and Sanders than maybe the AOCs of the world. Who knows? Yes. Maybe she. Is. So, yeah. so again, like I said, it's very confusing. Yeah. But we got a lot of oh topics my to go God, through. You totally get. Me. Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna have a good time. So how you doing? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great oh, to have what you an on. Honor to be here with you. Yeah. No? Well, it's it's the pleasure's <laughs> ours to have you on, and uh, we're we're happy to have you. Do you mind taking a moment? You know, you're a deputy editor, I think, with Newsweek, and Newsweek is. Uh, coming up just 10 years ago five years ago newsweek was just newsweek but the last few years both sides are kind of willing to when a publication uh, is is pissing off both sides and <laughs> attracting both sides. I think they're doing a good job and I think that's what, what Newsweek's been doing the last couple of years. So if you don't mind taking a couple of minutes here and just kind of introducing yourself to the audience, sure. your background, a little bit about the book and then we'll get right into it.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm younger Sargon. I'm a deputy opinion editor at Newsweek. Um, exactly like you said, we run opinion from across the political spectrum, which means we make everybody angry, uh, but everybody deserves a fair hearing and that's, that's what we're here to do, to fight cancel culture and Uh, It's just it's such a unique thing to do. I mean, it used to be that like that was the mission statement of The New York Times and that is clearly no longer the mission statement of The New York Times. And so, you know, that's what we're doing. And um, it's really an honor to be part of a great team there. Um, Let me tell you something interesting, though. So um, Newsweek now is considered center-right, not because we have more right-wing opinion. We don't. We actually have three kind of left-wing liberal opinion Mm -hmm. editors and two on the right, but because the very idea of hosting opinion from across the political spectrum is now coded as a right-wing conservative proposition. How crazy is that?
0: According to who, though? That's the question. Well,
2: right. So people, there, there are sort of like websites that tell you like where... You yeah, f- I've seen this on the ha- yeah. spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. And that's so nuts because the left mm-hmm. used to be the side of like, let's hear from everybody yeah. open-minded, open debate, and now the left is the side of like, no, if you don't agree with me, you don't get a hearing because, mm. you, know, you know, silence is violence. Words yeah. are violence, yeah. right? And it's now considered a conservative thing if you want to hear from both sides. But Isn't wouldn't that it wild? be more...
3: Uh, centric, you're right? Yeah, that, that, I think
2: we're center. Yeah, I think we're dead center, you know? But but um, people will say now, oh, Newsweek has gone to the right. And what they mean by that is not that we have more conservative op-eds. What they mean is we're willing to hear from both sides. And that's, to me... How dare a, you?
1: Yeah. How dare you have totally. both perspectives? I think a people, what is I think, wrong I think with you? A lot, a lot of, you know, reporting, Fox, same thing, CNN, everybody. You can't say you're not biased. Everybody, I don't care how you're reporting yeah. it. But is it, you think, because Newsweek is more of the point that we're just going to state... This is the facts, this is the news, and and they're not being, Mm -hmm. like, weapons, you know what I mean? They're not being, like, political operatives, you know what I mean? They're just, the news is the news, and here it is.
2: Yeah, and I think it's more even, like, in the opinion section, we're saying, look, we want you to make up your mind. So we're going to have the left-wing view on this, and the right-wing view on this, and everything in between. Because you're smart enough to make up your own mind. I'm not going to tell you what to think. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, this is what these people think, this is what these people think, and you... The American people yeah. are smart enough to know which yeah. of those makes more sense. Like Do you this.
3: believe that, though? Yeah. That the American people are yeah. smart yeah. Oh enough to make God. up their own minds?
2: Yes. You don't? Some. <gasps> A chutzpah. <laughs> A chutzpah in the
3: house. <laughs> Some, you know, some like to just kind of live in their echo chamber, right, even so if you tell them. Yeah, uh, you
2: guys are not populist. That's the thing, because you guys made a bunch of money. And so, you know, you're smarter than everybody else. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, <laughs> I'm just a journalist. So I'm like, I'm not smarter than anybody else, you know. Well,
3: I'm most just, journalists would not agree with you right know. now. Most journalists, that's according to you, about. exactly, yeah, are yeah. a little bit more on the yeah.
0: wokey elite side of
3: things these yeah, days. Totally. But,
0: but listen, that's actually very good uh, debate to say. You know, can people think for themselves and and decipher whether a thing is good or not, you know, process an issue for themselves? Because, you know, I think uh, mainstream media, many politicians are banking on majority people being dumb and they talk to people as if they're dumb and they're not. Like the other day, one of the reporters went up to uh, President Biden and said, hey, how do you feel about the fact that your disapproval rating is at 94 percent with voters under the age of 30? And he just came up and he said, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. 92% of Democrats said they would vote for me again to run for office. And there is no data anywhere saying 92% of Democrats would vote for Biden. But that is an element of saying, listen, voter, I think you're dumb. And I think you're going to believe me. And I think because if I keep saying it. You're going to say, okay, cool. Maybe 92% do think he's doing a good job, and you know people are going to vote for him. So th- there is, a, there is mm-hmm. an argument there about the fact that, but I, do, I don't I do think it's the dumb. I think what I would say, Adam, is the lazy. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think voters are lazy to go do their own research. That's the challenge.
3: I actually don't agree with you on the lazy. I think it has to do with focus. Again, most people are just working, taking care of their family, yeah. taking care of their kids, their... Trying to pay the bills, like they're so focused on everything else in life, and then when they time they get home, they watch reality TV, they watch a sports game, they crack open it's up beer. Ma- not even lazy, it's just like. Maybe lazy is a different interpretation, yes. I'm, I'm not even it's born in America.
0: You had a 4.2 GPA, and you don't know the meaning of lazy.
3: I, I say this all the time. You can invest your time, or you can spend your time. Can you spend print up time. the dictionary
0: for this guy, please? I know. Define lazy. Get lazy. Lazy. Get well, the you, you, can, you can invest your time. How bad has this thing gotten with Adam that we have to define lazy? Lazy.
1: Sure. Pull Get it, it up, there.
0: please. Unwilling to work or use energy.
3: I think they're willing to work. I think they're willing to use energy. You need work for and their energy. jobs, Pat. You need, you, but out of work, you're right. Out of work, you're right. They want to
0: spend their time. Perfect. Not invest. their so time. So when it comes down to wanting mm-hmm. to learn more about politics and policies, they're somewhat lazy. That's what we're saying, and That's I, I don't. Where disagree we disagree that. here. You're disagreeing on a definition, buddy. Hey, okay. So, but by the way, this is good because Adam's in the disagreeing mode, so we can get Perfect. this thing really <laughs> so started. That mode, so, but, but right? Now. I have to
2: admit, I disagree with you also. Let's go
0: on the lazy side. <laughs> Let's tell me why, go,
2: Batya. Um, you know, two thirds of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. They are so stressed out. They don't know if they should take the $50 they have left in their bank account and use it to buy meat for dinner for their kids for maybe the last time this month or use it to fill up the gas so they can take the kids to church on Sunday. People are struggling. And uh, the idea that they should care about politics at this moment, to me, just I'm I'm with them. Like they're right. These politicians want us talking about them and defending them because th- that's their career. They want Poor Americans, struggling working class Americans, to be spending their time beefing up, representing them instead of the other way around. So I'm kind of with Adam on this. I feel like um, it's just it's a, and I'm I'm so I really want to talk about this with you guys, because like the view that I have, like I'm I'm now working on my next book, which is about the working class, and so I'm spending all my time that I'm not working for Newsweek, interviewing people, working with them in their trucks with them, you know, you know, working by side by side with them. And the struggle is real. And these people are not lazy. These people work 13, 14, 15 hours a day and they're always treading water. And so I really at some point want to get into it with you guys like about like if you think that your success really is totally duplicable and like, you know, the, the things that get in the way of people being able to achieve what you have like um, I
0: do. And by the way, I will defend a lazy argument and I'll push back. Let me explain to you why. If you know every show on Netflix and you're broke, you have a problem. You're lazy. If you know every hit song that comes out and you're broke, you're lazy. If you know every single post on social media of other people's lives and you don't have another hustle that you're working, you have to accept the fact that you're lazy. Let me explain. to. Let me go a little bit deeper with this on my own personal life. My hip-hop music stops in 03. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) too. I'm (laughs) being that serious with you. Me too, I swear to God. (laughs) Mine stops in 03. My nightlife stops in 03. My chasing of women the way way I did stopped in 03. My desire to want to watch and consume every single sporting event that I never missed a Lakers game from the moment I came to the States. And when I joined the Army Boot Camp, obviously you can't watch TV. But then afterwards, I've never missed a Laker game from the age of being 12 years old coming to the States to the age of being 24 years old, 23 years old. Lakers was my religion. Sports stats was my religion. And I was broke. And my dad kept having heart attacks. And my dad worked at a 99-cent store on Manchester and Normandy while I'm working at Bally's. 60 hours a week I'm working at Bally's. I'm the top sales guy at Bally's because I wanted my dad to be done, but I couldn't make enough money. I was making three grand a month. But at the time when I was off, I wasn't working a side business. I was doing anything to entertain myself. Mm-hmm. We are fooling ourselves if we're going to sit there and just put all the responsibility on the people who have succeeded and not put any responsibility on the folks at the bottom. That we're going to say, "Well, poor you, I, I, you're working so hard," but then how do you know so much about all these shows? I don't understand. I've never watched this Montana. What is this Montana show? What What is this show? Well ex- Yellowstone. Yeah. Yellowstone. I, yeah, I don't even neither. know what. Ye- I don't know what Yellowstone is. I've never watched uh, Breaking Bad. I've never watched. Uh, Sopranos. I've never watched an episode of Sopranos. The only series I've ever watched from 03 till today is House of Cards season one because people kept telling me I gotta watch it. So as much as we wanna sit there and say, oh my gosh, poor me, poor this, poor that, which I come from a family where half of them were communist and half of them were imperialist, the one on the communist side, that's all they ever talked about. Their Bible was communist manifesto. Mm -hmm. And the ones on the right, they kept saying, you know, Why don't you do something? Every time, it was more fun for me to talk to the communists than it was to talk to the conservatives because the communists would feel sorry for me and it was safe. And it was warm. It was fuzzy. It was so much better. Every time I went to the communists, they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's them. I'm like, that's right. You're right. And I would feel special. But every time I went and talked to these suckers on the other side, the conservatives, they would say, what are you doing about it? Why don't you make a change? Why don't you pick up a book? Why don't you get another job? I'm like, bullshit. You don't understand. This is unfair. Eventually, I'm 23 years old, looking at my bank account, broke. And I said, which philosophy do you want to buy into, Pat? Which one do you want want to buy into? Then I chose. So now, is there things on the elitist side that's happening as well? Sure. But for us to fool ourselves thinking people don't have any options to make a change – the, the
2: wait, 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 so how, but you skipped over the most important part. Okay, so you chose, You did, so wh- how did sure. you get from Bally's to here? Like, wh- wh- t- walk me through that. I went
0: into military, uh-huh. and I got some discipline uh-huh. for two and a half years, because mm-hmm. I didn't have it.
2: Thank you for your service, buddy. No, way.
0: anytime, so I got um, I needed it, so I think many boys who are undecided, military is a good choice okay. for them. I got out, when I got out, I worked at Bally's, while I'm working at Bally's, a guy named Robbie Solomon and my sister, my sister recommended me to read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, I hate books. Till 21 years old, anybody who knows me from high school, they know I've never finished a book cover to cover. Mm-hmm. Never. I've never finished a book. i never finished, uh, uh, what is it, Of Mice of Men. <laughs> i never finished... Uh, 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 what's Fahrenheit the one with Nelly? Nelly <laughs> petting. Is it Lenny? Lenny was letting the rats R- of yeah. mice and, okay, and men. Yeah. What was the other one? The same book that he didn't finish. What's the one that was then? This the, 1984. Okay, no, no. I, Fahrenheit 451. Are you saying a- the books they assigned you Amy, in high school? Uh, listen, I've never <laughs> finished a book cover to cover. Mm-hmm. Never until 21. <laughs> and Robbie said, "Read How to Master the Art of Selling" by Tom Hopkins, and I did. And then my sister said, how to win friends and influence people. It's a good book to read. I read those two books. When I read those two books, I sat there and I said, this information is in a book for 10 bucks. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. What other recommendation you got? Next one. Next one. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, Psycho-Cybernetics. You know, Power Versus Force. And I kept reading, 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 reading. And I'm like, this information is insane. Then I started realizing I'm making way too many excuses I'm blaming the world for my problems. I'm not taking any responsibility. Some of the mindsets that my mother's side gave me is right. Some of it isn't right. Some of the mindsets that my dad gave me is right. Some of it isn't right. I stopped questioning things. And I said, listen, if I want my life to change, I got to make a decision about it. My parents brought me here to be free. My dad gave me work ethic. And next thing you know, I start, uh, 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 I'm dating a girl named Jean Vier who's working. I'm working Stanley Dean her. And uh, I said, so why is it that you know you have all these nice cars? And she says, well, I work at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. I said, how can I get a job there? Uh-huh. She says, you need to go to UCLA. I said, I'm not going to school. She says, they're not going to hire you. I said, I'm not going to go to college. She says, you're not going to work at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. I said, let me see if I can find a creative way to get a job. So I went and printed my resume, okay, uh-huh. and I put a cover letter with a nice joke, getting creative. I faxed the 200 places, Goldman, Merrill, Smith, Barney, uh, TD Waterhouse, Morgan, all of these places. I got 30 callbacks. 15 of them laughed because the joke was funny. Yeah. The other 15 offered me an interview. Three gave me offers. At 21 years old, I started working on Morgan Stanley Dean Witter a day before 9 11. Jeez. <laughs> so let's, How let's see. How many other people
2: there didn't have a college degree? None you of them. You were the Not, only one. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So but how
0: good was that joke? But, is but, the question. but wait a minute, but, yeah, wait a minute. But, but wait a minute. What was the joke? But wait a minute. I really want to know where you go from here. Yeah. I really want to know where you go well, from here. But we gotta hear the joke first. Yeah,
2: yeah, we gotta hear the joke. I'll tell you the joke. The joke was uh, <laughs> a
0: father has three sons. He okay. tells us three sons when I die, I want you to drop a thousand dollars in the uh, what do you call it? In the it, get grave. When I'm dying in front of the family. You have to show how much you love your father. No. Okay. First son <laughs> drops ten hundred dollar bills. Okay. Second son drops $20, $50 bills. Third one is a financial advisor. He cuts a check for $3,000, takes the cash, and walks away. Ah, that's brilliant. So I said, oh, I would, if you want a guy creative like me, hire me. Oh, that's great. So, but what do you say to that? I'm curious. Any there, there, you know, the job, did I have it because of my last name, because I'm special, because I'm smart, because of... How did I get that job?
2: So, so, it, like... They don't hire people She was right Right Like she wasn't wrong They don't hire people Without a college degree Which right. is terrible by the way Because you learn Nothing at college The only thing you learn at college Is to have contempt For the working class Like to have contempt For people who don't Have a college degree So this is not A pro-college argument This is like an Anti-Morgan Stanley argument That they insist That people have This credential Just for their own prestige Right It has nothing to do With what you learn there But anyway it's Setting that choice. aside It's their choice they, Right They can. A lot of
3: companies yeah. Don't yeah. implement keeping, that rule yeah. though, It's now. changed. Well, since well, then, it's, it's changed, slowly it. yeah. changing. especially yeah, the yeah, big tech company. Yeah,
2: companies. yeah it, totally. Tech is is good on this front, only this front. But anyway, yeah. uh. exactly. cut
3: that clip up real quick <laughs> yeah. to support it. that big
2: <laughs> um, But um. So the the I don't have to have an explanation for it. I mean, I assume it has something to do with your charisma and the force of your personality and the, the, something unique that, that was a, that was first conveyed through that cover letter and then in interviews, which I think you know. Like, I think you're being a little bit like I disagree. consciously naive. But because because the fact that you're the only one who did it, right? Like the fact that you're no, the, only, the one only one who managed did. to disagree- do it. I
0: disagree. I'm not the only one that did it. I, my friend Steve Avetian was another one GPA guy. He came out. He was, you know, uh, doing nothing. He was helping out as that as a truck driver. Him and his buddy Alfred decide to go be in truck drivers. You tell me who's a truck driver. They were nobodies like, oh, they're going to make it in business. No four-year, no two-year, no nothing. They're running a $300 million transportation business today. So I can, I yeah, can go yeah. on all of these stories to say, hey, Let's keep feeling sorry for everybody. There's a big difference between sympathy, empathy, and trying to rise up. No, no, no.
2: I I agree with you. I don't want to come off as someone who's like, "Oh, you should all feel sorry." Yeah, I don't want to come off that way at all. Okay, we're on the same page there. They don't feel that way. Like they're proud of their work. They feel that it. I am too. I
0: think. I think what they're doing is also there is something they should be proud of.
2: Okay, so that I guess that would be my next question would be like, like. Someone has to be the person who is the custodial staff, right? Who's not going to make it big, right? Someone has to be the person who is stocking the shelves at the supermarket, right? We all rely mm, on the labor that's a choice. of 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 but we we need them. We need
0: No one's some, judging them. Right,
2: but I'm saying so because we need them. Yeah. We should be invested in those jobs granting dignity and a living wage because we need them to not be and we do in this job or in this job and we do right so but i'm but like but from their point of view Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. struggling
0: oh yeah and they are struggling and i and by the way i i I, what's
2: the answer to that yeah but
0: but but why don't we see why are they struggling
2: because you can't live on 15 dollars an hour in new york city
0: but but why are they struggling though why are they struggling though is it just, is your argument only they can't make it on 15 What's bucks the, an hour? The
2: housing market, okay. the wages.
0: Okay, so why do we have Marriage a house?
2: Marriage is a big part of it. Actually, you talk about this a lot. Okay, yeah. so,
0: so okay, so, but why are, let's actually dissect. Oh, yeah, okay. Why is why there a why housing problem? I'm going to write okay. it down. I'm yeah. going to write notes. So tell me why they're struggling. <laughs> oh, I'm no. going to take notes. I'll be the student. Oh, God, this <laughs> is terrible. Infl- Inflation. No, no, but, by the way, but you know, guys, I hope you understand, like, <laughs> This is why the audience likes these types of conversations. I love it. it. Mm -hmm. And this is why I have so much respect for you (laughs) that you you don't you go anywhere and talk to anybody and you post your argument. By the way, I have a
3: very serious
0: question for you. I know I'm gonna wait. We have to go here. Stay there. We have to go here. So why are they here? Why are they struggling here? Yeah, why okay. are they struggling?
2: So so, um, there's sort of three tiers of people in, let's say, what we would call labor, the working class, okay. right? The top tier is not struggling at all. Cops, electricians, plumbers. Like, there's a lot of dignity in those jobs right now. They're yeah. well um, paid. They make a, a living wage. And a lot of them are able to afford their own homes, especially if they live in red states where— Housing is not the same as it is in are you talking about the
3: working class blue yeah. collar jobs yeah, yeah, here, if you will, collar, okay, yeah. so that's the people upper who echelon a degree
2: who aren't rich who upper are in,
3: echelon of working class exactly. fantastic a lot of yeah. government employees
2: exactly um yeah, exactly yeah okay um then you have the middle tier who are people who like they are they're not poor. And I wouldn't even say they're struggling. They're not like lying awake at night. How am I going to pay for this or that? Although right now it's very difficult because of inflation. But that's Mm -hmm. a very, it's a unique situation right now. Their biggest struggle is they do not have access to the American dream because they cannot, they're not going to be homeowners in their lifetime. And we know that owning a home is how you transfer that wealth to the next generation right what's sort of a, a classic standard for like how we what we call like middle class life right and who
3: are these people these like what type people of jobs? Are, a
2: lot of truckers are in this position this is people who are making between 40 and 60 65 you, okay. know, um, you know what
3: retail truck drivers retail's what else
2: one one lower I would say really? so yeah so so okay. truckers you know um, um, people who are you know let's say in um, you know the trades often you know if they're not maybe the editors
3: rate. and uh, and graphic designers. <laughs> designer types
2: <laughs> um a lot of people in the bottom layer of the tech industry mm-hmm. you know um these are people who are making like i said between 40 and 60 if you're making 60 and you're living in new york you'll never own a home right if you're mm-hmm. making 40 and you're living here it would probably be difficult as well and then you've got that bottom tier of people who we all of these people are people who's whose labor we rely on to exist, yeah. right? Like, we rely on them not deciding to become an entrepreneur and make a million dollars so that they no longer have to do these jobs. Just as a society, we rely on them, right? But who are these bottom so rung people? the bottom people? rung are people who are in retail, people who are cashiers, 3.5 3. million people are, are, mm-hmm. are cashiers, you know, 3 million retail associates in America, fast food workers. Right now it happens to be that even though the federal minimum wage is 7.25 an hour, something like 7.59 an hour, most of these people now are making between 12 and 15. The problem is is that in many of the places yep. That is not a living wage. That is basically poverty wages, you know. So where I live, I live in Brooklyn. I actually don't live in like one of the most expensive neighborhoods. I live in an immigrant neighborhood. It's sort of more reasonable. Mm-hmm. But still, the guy who delivers my Amazon packages will never, would ne- could never dream of owning.
3: Yeah, but are these people immigrants? What, is there any data of who these people are? Who, who is? Like this lower third.
2: It's a lot Who are of, they? I'll tell you who they are. Are
3: they just naturally born Americans or just strive to be a McDonald's so, worker? So I doubt it. The
2: question of which tier you end up in is mm-hmm. very interesting. What it seems to me like, and this is something, Pat, you've brought up on your show, is that one of the number one predictors of whether you end up in the bottom is whether you come from a single mother family and whether you are a single mother Or a single parent, because we know that marriage is very tightly correlated with higher earnings. And economists don't know exactly why that is, but it's quite hard to be poor if you're married. I mean, that's just a a weird phenomenon of American life that nobody wants to talk about. You're saying it's hard
3: to be poor if you're married?
2: Married men, let me give you a statistic, okay? Because this is really this blew my mind. So the median income is around forty four thousand dollars a year, right? Um, the median income for a black male head of household who's who's not married is thirty three thousand dollars a year. The median income for a black male head of household who's married mm-hmm. is ninety three thousand dollars a year, which is not a sneak, Nobody who's making that is struggling, you know that's a person who's living a middle class life. So the the answers are not oh you should feel sorry for these people, right? The question is how do we get more people from the bottom into the higher rungs? But again, like I said, like some of that labor, right? F- fast food workers, right? We rely on that. We rely on there being people to But
0: but stay there though. So yeah. so let me ask you a question. The population today is what? 7.9 billion. Yeah. Okay? Uh, how long did it take us to double that population? 60 years. Mm-hmm. 60 years ago, we were at 3.6 billion. How long did it take us to double that 3.6 billion to 1.8 billion? Mm-hmm. 40, 50 years prior to that, we had 1.8 billion. I can co- keep going back and back and right. Okay, the idea of a person staying where they're at, everything in life is about graduating, okay? What's graduating? One should not stay in a position Forever without graduating to the next level, we should grow, and we should create an environment where people are developing and increasing the level of contribution to society. That's me. I worked at Burger King. I wanted to be a cashier. They never made me a cashier. I worked as a chef. I was a cook. I made whoppers a chef no onions. at Burger King. I bragged about it. I was a chef. They gave me a medium shirt, and I was six one. You could see my lower back. My guys would come and laugh at me. No joke. My friends know exactly what I'm talking
2: about. Can I? Yeah. You are amazing. Like <laughs> you're so cool. What you've been through and like what you've achieved. Like it's very cool. Like your story is very inspiring.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> but also for me, everything that's inspiring to me, I look at guys like what life he lived and how he became who he is today from sleeping on a couch as a comedian to having made it in the insurance business and nothing in his background says about it, good. good for him. I see him from going from military to then becoming a comedian. Next thing you know, he's on Def Comedy Jam. And he made it. But, but, but By the way, you know, a lot of us have that story of going from nothing to making yes. it. Making it yes. doesn't mean being a billionaire. Yesterday yes. I was having a call with uh, 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 Penguin. We're launching uh, the next business book. And you know how you're talking to publishers and you're going through a book title. And like, well, you know, we have to talk about what the book title is. And uh, a part of yesterday's conversation was, I said, the most important question to ask is who do you want to be in life? What do you mean? I said, listen, you don't have to be Bezos. Bezos wanted to be Bezos. You don't have to be Musk. You don't have to be a millionaire, but who do you want to be in life? Mm -hmm. The moment you know who you want to be in life, go solve for that. Mm -hmm. What's not healthy is if you chose to live a regular life and you're envious of somebody else that chose to live a bigger life. The life of a bigger life isn't a better life. Right. It's not an attractive life. A lot of people only see what happens 20, 30 years later. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to see what happened those 5, 10, 15 years while they were not there at any of the events.
3: It's called the iceberg effect. It
0: sucks. Uh. It sucks. So guess how many people want to go through the 10, 15, 20-year period? Not many, man. Mm -hmm. It is horrible. It's tough. It's scary costs, marriages, relationship, family time, fun, party, and all that stuff. This whole concept of winning at a higher level sucks. Now, if somebody says, well, I don't want to go through it, no one should judge them. No problem. You're right. You can go and contribute at any levels that you want. But the question I ask you is, why are those people in the situation they're in? What policy caused them to be in the situation they're in? And who created those policies? Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Okay, so if we keep printing money and throwing money to poor and then wondering- no,
2: I'm against that. Yeah,
0: you're against that. I'm yes. against that as I'm well. I'm against that. Fast- I'm against welfare. <laughs> okay, you're against welfare. <laughs> yeah,
2: because they make the working class support the poor. I hate that. So how
0: do so how do we so how do we lift up the middle class? What's that, your that way of lifting exactly. up the
2: middle that class? Is the, that is the that's that's the question. I'm curious. So each tier needs different things. Okay, you know, like the, So the top tier, like they need respect. What do cops need from us right now?
1: Big time respect.
2: They freaking need our respect because they're out there getting shot and killed, and they can't do their jobs, and the criminals aren't scared of them anymore. Yep. You know, this is a job that every American relies on and the elites sit there and they smear these people they smear these people who are out there giving their lives to to defend them. It makes me crazy. We're on the same page. Right? Um, union um, tr- high-skilled trades. These are great jobs. What do they need? They need our respect. They need the next generation of people who are good with their hands and intelligent and smart to have a pathway to that. Vocational schools. We don't have any, any vocational schools. Um, the idea that this is a respectable job so that kids who are coming from, you know, uh, 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 who are not good at school maybe, you know, mm-hmm. that they have access to that version of the American dream. So the top tier really means very little. Right? Right, they don't need anything from us. They don't need anything from the government. That's for sure, right?
3: You're saying the top tier of the working yes, class. Yes, I'm just yes, yes, exactly.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. it's a, by the way, yeah. it's it's a very very good point. One of the best books on marriage is Love and Respect. I don't know if you've ever read the book Love and Respect. I mean, shout out to the authors. It's a great book that if you're married, you may want to read. it. If you think about getting married, you ought to read it. Mm-hmm. Talking about how what men need and what women need. You know, the understanding that men just sometimes need what. Just respect me, man. I mean, that's what I need. need, And then women need love. But I I understand the point you're making right there. Okay, what else can we do to lift these guys out out of poverty? Because right now, a statistic came out, which concerns me the most. Do you know in the last 70 years what the average property value has been compared to your income? Let me ask this question one more time. So, for example, if you make sixty grand a year, Mm -hmm. and that's the average income in America, household income, you know what the average property value has been based on that $60,000 a year income? Like what they're buying as a house? Give me, the, give me the times, like three times, four times, five times, six times, eight times, ten times. Like what? what do you think the average has been?
1: Is it like five, Adam, are you understand this question? Yes.
0: Okay, so what do you think that has
1: Is been? Is it like a $500,000 house compared to a $60,000 income? So, no, mm. so let me ask the question one more time. If the average, historically,
0: in the last 70 years, okay. if the average American makes sixty grand a year, How many times their income is the average home value in America? Seven.
2: So, 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 fifty years ago, I think it was about two. Now, I think it's more. The you know the the average house now sells for three hundred thousand. So, three hundred thousand is how many times sixty? Six times more. Six seven times. Six or seven. Five times. Three hundred divided by sixty. So,
0: so here's here's where it is. Historically, it's been five. We've hit two or three. We've never in the last seventy years gone above seven. It is eight times today. You tell me how the hell it's middle America world. can't afford that. Exactly. Yeah. So you're making 60 grand a so year. So,
2: what's your answer to that?
0: Well, so what? what happened with that? What is the problem with that?
2: Well, I, um, you, the, I mean, I think Elizabeth Warren is right about this. The problem is women entering the workforce and driving up the
0: cost she of. She talked about middle that years class. ago. She ain't talking about that I today. Totally yeah, she, she, she ain't with talking it, yeah. about that today. She no, flipped not. on that when she no. talked about twenty years ago. Yeah. But well, Elizabeth- you're
3: saying your problem is that women have entered the workforce and that's been a bad thing for society.
2: It's been a bad thing for the middle class. That's for sure. Because you don't sound very pro uh, feminist. <laughs> I think being Marxist means that you're not quite. You're not. I mean, I would consider myself a feminist. They I think women should have the choice. But most women who are mm-hmm. working, it's not women like me because they're like addicted to their jobs and it gives them meaning and self-esteem. Yeah. They're working at Walmart or they're, you know what I mean? They're working because they have to support their family because a man can no longer afford to support a family on a single so income. So what the, and that's should those women be doing then? They should have a choice. I mean, I, they should have a choice. I think a lot of women would would like to raise their children. But instead of having that, we have a welfare state that's trying to make mm-hmm. free pre-K. Again, trying to make working class people pay taxes so their women could go work at were forced to work at Walmart instead of staying home. Yeah, and raising but but their
3: those kids. women, I get it from K, you know, from zero to five, you know, stay home raise the kids. But once the kids are in middle school, high school, you don't need to stay home and take care of your kids anymore.
2: Right. So, but that's again, it's like could could they then have you know a part time option? What Elizabeth Warren? What the hell are they was, gonna
3: do with their time if they're just sitting around all day cleaning? <laughs>
2: Um, you know, so you're By saying. The way, that the this is a
0: very big argument that she's making, and it's very important, very important. You know, for you, was your mom working when you were kid- When you were from born yes. to eighteen, yeah, the entire time. Yeah, she had a job all those years. She was a full time or part time teacher, and then she was a nurse, and she's been doing the same.
3: Full time or part time? Full, full, full.
0: Full time.
2: And okay. what did your dad do?
3: He was a businessman. Some maybe people call it a shady businessman, but we won't go there. However, he was working.
2: Oh my god, I love that. That's that's our people's, that's our heritage, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. That's,
0: well, that's our heritage. That's <laughs> our heritage. Yeah,
3: but uh, women, this is a tr- you're like you're a person who loves and respects and finds meaning in their work. Right. But you're saying that most women don't. They have to sacrifice their livelihoods just to put food on the table? What's your argument with women? I'm saying
2: like there's this there's this messed up thing now where what the leftist elites want, right? Build back better wanted to charge, take taxpayer dollars from working class families, right, to give them free pre-K. There's something messed up about that because a lot of these women, right, would rather stay home and raise their own kids. They're like, you can't do that. You have to work and then pay taxes and we'll take that money you make while you're working and we'll raise your kids, right? I think that's super messed up. But I want to come back to housing. What do you think caused the housing? What do you think caused it to be eight times you know, oh, the income and right. how do we fix it?
0: Okay, so do you guys know the difference between quantitative easing and tightening? Mm. Do you know not, the difference? Not, yeah. If you want me okay. to, my head
1: to pop off my head pad, I have Vinnie, no idea. please, as an economist, can you tell us the difference? <laughs> yeah, uh, you Vinnie. know, listen, I'm I'm a respectable guy. I'll give you the floor so you could, because I don't want to show <laughs> no, off video, and take everything no, I'm gonna, I'm with quantum gonna, physics, quantum yeah. leap. I saw a show once but, called quantum leap. I don't even
3: know. You sure you don't want to break down and quantitative easing and, and, and mortgage-backed okay. security? I'm okay, okay, let, me just, let me
0: just simplify it. Okay, uh, by the way, I'm going to explain it to you in the simplest way okay. that you'll be able to teach it to anybody moving forward. Okay. You ever had a credit card? Yep. Okay. Quantitative easing is when American Express Visa MasterCard calls you and tells you your credit limit has gone from $5,000 to $15,000. Congratulations to you. <laughs> Quantitative easing is when Visa MasterCard calls you and tells you your credit limit has gone from 15000 to $5,000. Oh, wow. Did you understand the difference? No, no, okay. Say again. No quantitative okay. Tightening, okay. tightening. Quantitative saying. tightening yeah, yeah. Yes. is fifteen becomes five. Uh-huh. Quantitative easing is five becomes fifteen thousand. Gotcha. Which means, guess what, Adam? Go spend more money. Yeah. We got your back. That's not your money, but we'll let you spend more money. Uh-huh. Wow. Quantitative tightening is listen. Look, we are seeing your spending habits. We're taking ten thousand yes. back. Your credit limit is only five thousand. For the longest time, in the, since 08, whatever the timeline has been, with quantitative easing, let's bail all these big guys out. Mm-hmm. The more we've bailed people out, the more they've sat around saying, oh, it's okay, man, my dad is going to bail me out. Oh, my dad is going to bail me out. Do whatever you want, bro. Daddy's dad is going to bail you. Like 100, my dad is going to bail me out. My dad is going to bail me out. My dad is going to bail me out. It's time to stop bailing these bigger companies out. They're too big to fail. Today, when we're going to quantitative tightening, Every single month, their plan is to take $95 billion of credit off the table. So what does this mean? The government's going to say, hey, Mr. Bank XYZ, you had this much, now we're lowering it. And every month, we're taking $95 billion off the table, okay? They're tightening Mm -hmm. the economy. We have not experienced this ever. In the history of America, we tried quantitative tightening briefly in 2008, for maybe a couple months, the market crashed when we tried quantitative timing. Like, no, 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 no. Here he go. Here, put some okay. more money into the market. Feed more money into the market. When they did that, mm-hmm. they bailed out the guys at the top. Mm-hmm. The guys at the top got richer. Middle America, the division got wider. Now we got people that mm-hmm. can't afford to buy a house. It's eight times their mm-hmm. income. What the hell are you going to do? Keep increasing the minimum wage? That's not the strategy on what to do. That's not the solution mm-hmm. to do that. So. We're about to go through quantitative tightening and I hope this next phase that we go through, they don't get in the way of these companies going out of business. The part about capitalism that I love is the following. And this wait, one, wait,
2: wait, can we before we move on from this.
0: Let me make this point and then oh, you can oh, okay, go yeah. to it. This is the part.
2: Because I didn't understand totally. but yeah, go ahead, yeah.
0: This is the part. Yeah. The part I love about capitalism is, is four freedoms. You have the freedom to buy. Mm-hmm. You have the freedom to sell. We have the freedom to try and last but not least which some people don't like we have the freedom to fail.
2: Oh, I love that. Isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't come up with it. Founding fathers came <laughs> up with it. So don't give
1: me the credit for it. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was all you. Know, freedom you been dated, to,
0: freedom yeah. to sell, freedom to try and a freedom to fail. We have to let the too big to fail fail. Yes. It's that simple. And we've stopped that the last 15 years. You know what's even scarier? Do you know in the history of America Do you know in the history of America, okay, since the Great Depression, do you even prior to that 1850s, do you know what's the longest time America's ever gone without a recession? When do you think it is? You ready? Today, 14 years. (gasps) No way. Yes, we've had recessions every five to seven years, and they last six months to 43 months. We have gone 14 years without a recession. So we're about we pop. desperately, not in a negative way, we desperately need a recession.
2: Mm-hmm. Whoa. We
0: desperately need a Wait,
2: recession. Is that, is
0: that, that um, because of, um, the, the of Uncle Trump? Well, well, <laughs> no, uh, no. E- f- the economic expansion what? was 129 months prior to back up. Sorry. Qua- uh, the 129 months of economic expansion that we had started in 08. So that economic the thing, last recession, you got yeah. so you got to go from Bush to Obama to Obama okay. to Trump okay. to so. Walk but people think that COVID was a
3: recession; it was just a brief blip Co- on not, like with, a drop Co- and then up yeah. very because of
1: quantitative easing yeah. and money very printing. And, and Pat, not to cut you up, but so do you think Pat? Because this administration isn't admitting like, hey guys, like it's really bad right now. It's happening. They're just getting like the elastic band. Guys, is this is not a
0: Democratic thing or Republican thing. You be, because during this economic expansion that we've had, we had a year of Bush left. But when did uh, Obama get elected? What's oh wait, the, oh wait. Can you can you pull up exactly what month uh, the 128 month economic expansion started? Mm-hmm. I think it's like sometime in wait. So it's Obama, Obama, Trump, Biden. You got three. Uh, you got two, three Democrats terms is what I'm. I'm not saying three mm-hmm. Democrats. Mm-hmm. You got three Democrats. You got one Republican. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what did all of them pretty much do? Let's print to bail out. What month did it start? What month did it start? June of '09. 09. Is it June of 09?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, who was the president in June of 09? Because Obama took
3: office okay. in January
0: of '09. So they were elected so in 08. So econo- mm-hmm. the greatest economic expansion, just so you know, Batya, oh started under Obama.
2: You're so smart. I'm not smart. I'm telling you, I'm not. How you, did you not, figure all this
0: out? I'm not smart. I've I'm,
2: never heard anyone say this. And all I do all day is watch the news.
0: Because no, no, I'm not. I'm not. Because no, you're
3: dealing with politicians and people focus on politics, not business. I'm
2: literally like, all right, sh- we're changing everything. I'm just going to sit yeah, just here. Say no, I'm, no, no you're Twitter. My-
0: <laughs> but, but, but the part. Wait, wait,
2: why- wait, wait, wait. I, you have to walk <laughs> me through this walk me through easing tightening and exactly how that took housing prices and made them higher I missed that link and that I can't walk out of here without knowing
0: okay that. so so think about like if if I'm buying a, a bad paper okay okay so imagine if uh, uh, there's a bunch of defaults uh, 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 and you're the bank you're like hey man bail us out don't worry give us all the shitty paper we'll buy it because you know when, when let's just say I'm a small little mm-hmm. uh, a bank mm-hmm. and I got 10 million bucks mm-hmm. okay if I'm $10 million bank and I take $500,000 home loans, how many home loans can I get? 20 of them, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm given that loan. But let's just say if I get 10 houses I uh, uh, finance, that's how much money? That's $5 bucks. okay? I don't keep that $5 bucks. I go to the bank and I sell it. And I make a percent or two or whatever the percentage on me selling the paper to somebody else. For years, they've been buying paper, and nobody gives a shit if it's good or bad paper. Okay, that's the whole big short principle. Right. Don't worry about it, we'll buy the paper. Just send it to us, we'll send it. And all of a sudden, they're like, we're no longer buying it. Wait, what? No, no, we're no longer, China's, we're no longer buying it. What do you mean you're no longer buying it? We're no longer buying it. Oh, shit. We have to bail these banks out, because they're no longer buying it. So if you don't allow people to fail, and you keep getting in their way of failing, you're not allowing the pruning process to come through.
2: So you're saying in a natural situation, the price of the houses would be determined by how much money a bank had and was able to guarantee in terms of a mortgage. But the price went up because another bank was willing to buy that, Banks mortgage that it gave is that the argument? The,
0: no, no, Quant uh, it, It's like fake money was entered into the market to not prevent those big companies to prevent those big companies from going out of business. Fake money. Right. So it's it's kind of like. Uh, so what,
2: but how exactly did that impact the price of a house?
0: How did it impact the if a price of the house?
2: Yeah, how did that drive the prices up? There
0: is more money circulating in the market. Oh,
2: I see. So it's like an inflation so argument. Yeah, exactly. the
0: more money, so the more everything
2: costs more yeah, because there's more money. Okay. Yeah, but got it, got but
0: income didn't go up. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, it, so right. Th- th- that's you can't you gotta let the market fail. You like right. like okay. So the principal, Do you have any kids? No. Okay, I got four of them. Right. Okay, okay. I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this parenting stuff. I'm figuring out every day. I'm trying to learn what it is to parent. But the part about my dad, one of the best things my dad did is the following. I went to my dad one and I said, Dad, I'm $49,000 in debt. I need you to bail me out. Okay? I said, you're my father. You love me. You're my hero. I need you to bail me out. He sat me in and he says, you're going to learn the best lesson from me today, buddy. I said, what's that? I'm not going to bail you out.
3: Mm.
0: I said, but I'm your son. I'm not going to bail you out. I know you can figure out a way to get out of this. I think you're going to pull it off. This is a man who's a 99-cent store cashier who dropped out of school in eighth grade. His son almost followed in his footsteps, but I took four more years, okay? But he dropped out in eighth grade, just to start working, regular guy, okay? For one week, I don't talk to my dad. I go around telling everybody, you know, your dad this, and your dad this, and your dad this, you know, my dad bailed me out. I can't believe your dad didn't, and I'm just bitching about my dad. You know what I did? I came back and I said, I'm gonna pay this freaking money off, and I did, okay? Eventually paid it off. My credit went from 484, 495, 499 to nice credit score, right? But my dad was not afraid of his son failing. Now, if I would have failed, if I would have failed, could I have gone and retaliated against him and started doing drugs and doing stupid shit to hurt him? Of course. Uh That's the risk a parent has to take. Mm -hmm. And that's the risk a nation has to take. Mm -hmm. Some of these companies may go out of business and it may hurt for a year or two but we got to go through it. We got to stick through it and go through it. And I don't think politicians are allowing that to happen because the people that are supporting their campaigns protect them and own them. And that's what I don't like about American politics. The lobbyist who Paul Manafort sat in your chair just two and a half months ago, there are so many of them out there that have bought these politicians, yeah. and it's screwing up low- and middle-income families, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I
2: have to say, it's so spiritual what you're saying. Like, our whole religion is based on the same principle, which is that, like, you know, if you, you can't—if you don't have the option of failure, if you don't have the option of sin, then you also don't have the option of redemption, and nothing means anything. Yep. And, and I think that is actually a value that the American working class is deeply attached to, which is the idea of autonomy— like I want the fruits of my labor. I don't want a handout. I don't. I want the right to fail because without the right to fail, you don't have the right mm-hmm. to succeed. I mean, that's yep. that's, that's. Can that's I just Judaism. read the quick <laughs>
3: definition of quantitative easing just yeah. to kind of build your case a little bit? Just yep. so, and I'm gonna process how I see it. And you tell me if I'm understanding this correctly. So QE, quantitative easing, is a monetary policy strategy used by central banks like the Fed. With QE, a central bank, purchases securities, this is, this is half of it, oh. purchases securities in an attempt to reduce interest rates, oh. increase the supply of money, and drive more, and here's the key word, and drive more lending mm. to consumers and businesses. Like Pat said, oh, your credit card's five, uh, your credit card limit is five, let's bump it up to 15. So this is kind of the inflation thing is, they just increase the credit limit, increase the lending. What's lending? It's just taking boring. on more boring. debt. Boring. Yeah, right. you're boring. Hey, take on more debt. Right. Wait, but you're not making any more money. Ah, you'll figure it out. Just take borrow more money. But I'm not. my, my business actually isn't profitable. Ah, we'll bail you out. We'll keep you afloat. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what you're saying, is they're just increasing the credit limit. Spend, 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 spend. But it doesn't seem like there's justification based on your income. That's how I'm processing what you're saying with the increasing the credit limit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, listen, failing sucks. (laughs) It's emotional. It's painful. It's embarrassing. It's publicly humiliating. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, in Hollywood, you know, how many like... I saw a movie the other day with Nicolas Cage, a new movie that came out. You know what the movie is about? It's about the character in the movie called Nick Cage. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Who's the greatest (laughs) actor in the world. (laughs) Oh, God. Who no longer is that needed to be in the movie. I think it's worth watching. But the whole story is about him. Wow! Like it's a movie; he's acting himself. But it's like when they no longer want you to be in a movie. Yeah. Do you know how hard that is as an actor, where you go from being Nicholas freaking Cage to Nick Cage? Yeah. What's
1: up, Nick? Doing Nick? He ain't no Nick. This guy at one point owned the. He won an Oscar. He's a freaking. But the
0: point is like. How hard is it when you do one bad movie, it flops, and then mm-hmm. boom, Waterworld. Remember yeah. Waterworld yeah. with Kevin Costner? Oh, Shit, I mean, they got a nice that park was, in yeah. Universal <laughs> <laughs> Studios, but that's pretty much
1: it. And, and, just, and it. Of, just to piggyback, because I mean, like your amazement, especially like with Pat, who was such an such an amazing guy. Not, not kissing ass for everybody that's listening to this. So I was in Hollywood. I was in the military. I was in the Air Force. Thank uh, you so much uh, for your service. I would do, uh, My sister's uh, retiring, 25 years on Friday. My brother was in yeah. for six years. You know, went to there. I know that God put me here to make people laugh. That's my number one. I know that's what it is. So, fail. I'm talking about Hollywood. I've been on Def Comedy Jam. I had a special with Kevin Hart called The Next Level, which I think I have grounds to sue because it's called The Next Level and nothing happened. But anyway, so I got <laughs> me and Pat connected through you know Instagram and, and now I'm here. And then, just, just off of what you were saying last week, Pat, you had like a PHP thing at the other office. So, he had like what 30 40 people. I walk in because we want to show the sketch that we did on the video and I'm hanging out. Pat's up there. He's sitting on the table. He's doing a speech where you were comparing Pat, uh, greed and fear. And he made a chart with so much shit on it, I almost had a heart attack. I almost threw up. But I just sat there and listened to him for 20 minutes. I almost quit comedy and sat down and started selling nah, fucking nah, insurance. can't do that. I almost started selling insurance because that, I mean, it was, it was like, and again, reading and getting all that. Knowledge You fed your brain so much. It's like you could t- talk to them about anything and, and it's like a lesson learned. Can I add just one time.
3: metaphor that I think everyone will understand here because we all know who the person I'm going to talk about is, but it's the freedom to fail. We all know the story of Michael Jordan. In 10th grade, he tried out for the varsity basketball team. And what happened? He got cut. Yeah. So do you use your... What?
2: Oh, yeah. well, you don't know the story about Michael oh, yeah. Jordan?
3: No. Batya.
2: I don't know anything the, about sports Jesus ball. Jesus don't, really really don't, don't start. Michael Jordan, the greatest sports.
3: basketball player, potentially the greatest athlete of all time. The uh-huh. story goes in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, he tries out for the basketball team. Tenth grade gets cut. Okay?
2: Wow. So, so
3: again, with the freedom to fail. And he's he, very
2: good, right? Yeah, Michael Jordan yeah,
3: turned okay, out to yeah. be pretty okay. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you want to check his resume. One of the greatest
0: <laughs> hockey players yeah. of all time.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: More goals than anybody. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Exactly. Um, But to use the analogy or metaphor, I mean, you're the journalist here. I don't know if it's analogy or metaphor. Either way, um, he had to go and improve. So rather than make excuses, oh, the coach didn't like me, or the parent comes and talks to the coach. Hey, do my kid, like, you know, uh, everyone wants a medal these days, but it's a trophy uh, culture, whatever it is that these kids have these days. Um, he had to go get better. Okay, and it turned out pretty well for the guy.
2: Okay, but here's the but the freedom,
3: to, the freedom to yes. fail, is what inspired him to actually make the team the following year.
2: Yes. However, is there not a deep tension between what you guys are saying on the one hand about freedom to fail, taking responsibility, you have the power, you have the ability, and on the other hand, this um, quantitative easing, where if you're really, really rich, the government's going to come in and protect you. Like, on the one hand, yeah, I see how it's consistent with what you're saying. On the other hand, to a little guy who, he doesn't get bailed out when he defaults on his credit card. He doesn't get bailed out when he can't pay his loans. He gets his house taken away. And I think that that is something that, you know, Elizabeth Warren and Donald Trump totally were in agreement about and totally correct, which is that there is a level at which it is rigged on behalf of the people who have already made on behalf of the rich. You're not going to go to jail for white-collar crime because it costs too much to prosecute it, you know? But if you jump the turnstile, you know, you're going— I mean, obviously now progressives don't think you should go away for that. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can kill people and get away with it now. But, you know, that there's a level at which this idea of accountability um, adheres like a gazillion percent if you're in the bottom and like zero percent if you're at the top. I agree.
0: I actually agree with you. And I don't appreciate that. I don't appreciate that. I don't appreciate when politicians get in there and the guys at the top can buy them and you prevent them from going out of business. Mm. Let them fail. Let them fail. A great philosopher once said, let the boy watch.
2: <laughs> he needs to
0: say, let them fail. I don't
2: know that reference, but I bet it's hilarious. <laughs> Do you know
0: that
3: philosopher? I've heard not? about it once. <laughs> let the boy watch. <laughs> <laughs> Will Farrell.
0: <Will> <laughs> the billionaires fail. Yep. Yeah. Will Farrell needs to say, well, let this the is, billionaires fail. I don't know if fail. you
3: agree with Chamath. Do you know who Chamath Palapati is? The tech guy, Silicon Valley, Golden State Warriors. The first time that I heard somebody say, fuck him let them fail was during covid when they built out the airline businesses mm-hmm. do you remember all this yeah and it was like people oh what huh he's coming on and saying uh, this i mean he's kind of you know his whole spack situation going on people you know agree with him disagree with him but he basically was like fuck them. let him fail and 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 people on uh, cnbc uh, their minds are all over the was that article right there U.S. shouldn't bail out hedge funds billionaires during COVID uh, during COVID pandemic. This is hedge funds, but
4: there's ones for yeah. There's also airlines. airlines but he was like, "Fuck them, let them
3: fail." And people on financial media, CNBC, Bloomberg, were like, "Brain splattered on the wall. What do you mean, let them fail?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, let them fail." It's mm-hmm. essentially what Pat's saying: stop bailing the big boys out. Mm.
0: Yeah, because if you get in the arena, like, can you imagine? Like, imagine in UFC, it's like, no, you can't hit that hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> You know, Ali's been the best for a long time. We have to protect him. Mm-hmm. Give him those points. No, yeah. bro, he lost. It's a and fight. If, if the greatest of all time fails in front of millions of people and everybody writes about it, let these guys fail a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's yeah. okay. If they, they don't make it back, no problem. If you do, you do. Did you see this one Bitcoin company? It's called Celsius, right? I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Mm-hmm. So this company, Celsius, got a valuation of $25 billion. Do you know what's happened to them in the last six months in valuation? <laughs> they went from $25 billion to $167 oh, wow. million. Dollars. That's mm-hmm. This bailout. guy went from buying the Yankees to now he's <laughs> being called on the board that he can't buy nothing. He went from being able to go to a restaurant Nobu and says this sushi's awesome. I'm buying this place <laughs> for 15 million bucks. <laughs> yeah. That $25 billion is down to $167. Oh. <laughs> guess, guess what this means? Guess what? The market is saying it's okay. Yeah. That's that's what you did. You somehow, some way, screwed up. You lost. This happens mm-hmm. to everyone. Mm-hmm. You make a bad investment and the, the business goes under. You thought it was going to do good. Let them fail. So, anyways, I think we've talked, uh, touched on this fail topic plenty of times. Of where we're at. So, do you mind taking a moment? Uh, I would want to know some of your like it, it, the areas of you say you're a Marxist. Specifically, what part of Marxist do you agree with? Oh, because on, yeah, you'll uh,
2: agree with me about all of them, I think. Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm curious. I know, I'm really curious. I know, I'm really happy I'm you went here. To, yeah. But um, I also I really want to hear about your parents get, um, getting divorced and then remarried and then divorced and married. Yeah. Was that about ideology, like about the imperialism oh, and the communism let me tell you. and that? <laughs> you know what's crazy you know
0: what's crazy (laughs) my sister's christian my Uh uh, brother-in-law he he's a Uh baha'i he was a baha'i and now he's a christian what are you are you religious i'm a christian Uh myself yeah but he was a baha'i she was a christian they got married politically they're on the same page they're happily married Uh celebrating Mm -hmm. i think 19 or 20 years of marriage of where they're at right now they got two beautiful kids grace and sean love these guys my mom and dad they're both Christians, uh-huh. okay? So religious on the same page, politically complete opposite page. World War Three would have gotten started <laughs> because of these two guys. They should have never gotten married because politically... They're wow. on opposite This is why I respect Kellyanne Conway And George Conway Yeah the way totally they do Let me tell you it's man totally Shout out to you <laughs> My parents couldn't do it They, they pulled up, Figured out a way to do it yeah, We'll so, see look, Time will tell If <laughs> they know, stay it's, together It's, it's uh, Yeah that's kind of What happened for them They shouldn't they Have so gotten married I'm kind of glad they did And I'm kind of glad They got married the second time Because that's why I'm here
2: that's You great. were in the second time
0: I was like Let's try to make it work Let's make a baby <laughs> Then comes Patrick I'm like Shit Let's this go. didn't work Let's get a divorce
1: So that's See Patrick's That's a great example Of failure they came back, and now it's you. Freedom right? <laughs> right? to fail. Freedom to fail. An Free analogy, of the fail. Pat what is here an because F- guys, they- this is why we pay Vinny the big boss right it. here to bring it all together. So guys, donate, together. donate to my GoFundMe <laughs> for my rent. <laughs> But Fat Pat, is that, a, is that an example? that like They failed. Yeah. They said, you know what? We're going to try again. They made this freaking amazing guy. And now that's it. We're over here. Listen, we're over, we're here. over Please. here.
0: Please. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if 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 the social media was around when I was sinning, you wouldn't say this great guy. Uh-huh. Because when social media was around, I was a professional, <laughs> you know, till today. But at that time, it was like trying to compete as the ultimate 20-some like, yeah, years ago. Yeah. Uh, thank God for all the Silicon Valley folks to not have invented, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, Back when we were TikTok. Like younger? All of oh, those yeah, guys. It. I'm so grateful for yeah. that. Totally. Yeah. So go ahead. So tell us.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Marxism. Okay. Which, let me start with part? the things I don't agree with. Okay. I don't think that work is like inherently oppression. You know, he really thought that it was like that labor was oppression. Um, I don't think that. I think there's dignity in labor, and I don't think you can get self-esteem from something somebody gives you. Like, you can only get it by working for it. And so I totally don't disagree with Marx on that. I disagree that the only thing between people is power. He was sort of like, he got that from Hegel, but like that idea that like we should replace a worldview based on right versus wrong with a worldview based on who has power and who doesn't, or that anybody who employs someone mm-hmm. is, you know, in a relationship that's oppressive. I don't believe in any of that. You know, I'll, obviously I don't believe in what he thought about religion. I think that religion's really, really important um, to a functioning well, society. I,
3: I, I, how do you mean by religion? What was his View on religion, you're saying Karl
0: Marx here, right? yeah? Let her yeah, let go very, through it, uh, Let her okay. go kind yeah, of go through like it and it anti- will come. Religion, like he, he was got, like a materialistic, yeah, you know, exactly. he was materialism, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't believe any of that, it's and like an
0: atheist type of deal.
2: Um, and and Mm. I'm very against like critical race theory which is they took the Marxist um, you know it was really a Hegelian binary and they applied it to race and said okay that power binary right that Marx thought was like between like the the bourgeoisie the boss and then the laborer right where the only thing between those two was a power imbalance and oppression in critical race theory they say you have white people and people of color and it's that same Mm. thing right like white people have all the power and their only relationship with people of color is oppressive I think that's all disgusting and terrible and gross and wrong and what the worst people to ever walk planet earth believed so i'm I, t- I don't believe any of that but i would like to say that like the problem with critical race theory is the insufficiency of marxism not that it's marxist because what i mean by that is to me what marx got right i don't know if it was true for, for his moment but in our moment right now fundamentally the divide in america is not about politics and it's not about race it's about class we have a huge class divide in America that separates the college educated you know, from the working class. Like That is, that is the fundamental reality of American life. If you have a college degree, you will make, on average, a million dollars more over the course of your lifetime than if you don't. You will have better health. You will live longer. And your children will be, will be upwardly mobile. You will have access to the American dream. And if you don't, increasingly you won't. Increasingly you will die sooner. Your body will break down earlier. You'll face deaths of despair. I mean, it's bad, right? And you will not have access to the American dream. Increasingly, you won't be able to buy a home. You won't be able to access that next level. So that divide, like I'm seeing that through um, a class, that seeing it through a class analysis, using the lens of class to understand the real struggles in America, that to me is Marxist. But the reason I say I think you would agree with me is I noticed something during COVID, which was that the, the people who opposed the lockdowns, they were doing it because, it, yes, there was the freedom thing, yes, but that wasn't the thing that motivated the emotional response on the right to these authoritarian lockdowns. What motivated the emotional response was what motivated me, which was the disgust with Allowing yourself because of your financial security to rise so far above the people you relied on to survive, meaning we're going to enforce a lockdown because we can work from home. Right. So we're mm-hmm. going to keep making our money and protect ourselves from the plague, but we're going to force you to go out into the plague and stock those shelves and bring those packages and bring us that food. And we're going to then tell you how to live your life. So we're going to make, there's going to be nothing out there for you to do except labor for us, right? Except deliver our packages, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing's going to be open for you. You're going to have to brave the plague and go out into the danger so we can protect ourselves. And then they misunderstood what was essentially their economic privilege, right? Of being able to work from home as virtue. They thought they were more virtuous because they were staying home. Right. So they, they took this thing that was a class divide where they really were in such a better situation than the people who they relied on to work and keep them alive. And then they wanted to keep that. that they, mm-hmm. they, they, they made that distinction even bigger and bigger and bigger and kept pushing for policy to make that distinction even greater and greater and greater. And what I saw on the right was a Marxist disgust. With, with with the bourgeoisie with these educated elites for um creating a situation that benefited them suddenly their houses were worth so much more right um but then and then oh and then the the kicker was as soon as they had a vaccine they were like oh now you have to take it or yeah. you get fired hmm. right? right like it was so disgusting and i think that that disgust is marx i would call that marxist in nature it is a disgust with a class divide that one side is sitting there benefiting from and then stewing in its own sort of moral ho- like virtue while oppressing other people like that that's a marxist analysis of covid and i i bet you would agree with my analysis
0: did you read karl marx's book or Carlito, Mark None of that is uh, yeah. So for I'm about me, to sign up. for yeah. whatever she's is talking like about? a new, I'm in. This is the, 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 the uh, Carl's cousin or brother that we forgot about, Carlito. You
3: got, you got, you gotta give her some credit though. That's amazing because uh, the remote, the the college-educated yeah. remote worker lifestyle, WFH, work from anywhere, work from home. I'm living in uh, Tulum now. I'm moving to Miami. Yeah. Uh, hey, just But but
0: I got to say something.
3: That that's uh, that what she's saying is very accurate versus hey, go deliver my groceries, go to DoorDash. I don't think that's Marxism. I, I think I,
0: that's Marxism. That is,
3: has nothing to
2: do with Marxism.
0: Okay, lower <laughs> Adam by 5%, please? That's not Marxism.
2: What would you call it?
0: That's that's not mar- a lot of those are libertarian philosophies that you have, you know, where leave people alone and stop forcing shit down my like Let me live my life and get the hell out of my way and stop thinking you're so much more special than me Uh because you got a degree and I don't. That's not Marxism. A part of Marx was he felt there was people that were better to be put in charge to lead others Rather than, you know, he was the one that thought most of the people were dumb. That's that's Marxist idea was more from the standpoint of there is us who are more educated than you. And we know what's right for you to live. And you don't believe in that. That's not your approach. So a lot of the Marxists, uh, uh, you know, I've interviewed probably more communists on a YouTube channel than anybody has done on YouTube. I like talking to communists because, you know, it's a great conversation to have. But, but let, me, let me give you an idea about what I noticed during COVID. Yeah. You one wonder, the worst thing that happened to COVID which political party you think lost uh during COVID
2: Well so I something that I like to say is uh, I'm going to get canceled for saying this but um I am going to get canceled for saying this, but I I think for a long time, reality had a liberal bias. Like it was the liberals who were pushing equality for blacks. It was the liberals who were pushing equality for gays. Things that we all now agree are like commonsensical, right? Like that every human deserves to live in dignity. But I think (laughs) over the last five years, the last three years, the last two years, and certainly over COVID with the school lockdowns, with the endless lockdowns, with the you know this oppression of the working class, I really think that reality has sort of started to take on a bit of a conservative bias. Like it does seem to me that the right, increasingly on questions that matter very much to the American people, like the right to have a say over their children's education, their children's life, their right to bodily autonomy, you know, their right to live in dignity, um, their right to the American dream. A lot of these things, I think increasingly you hear conservatives speaking to where most Americans are at and representing a reality that the left has really sort of left mm. in the dust.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, I agree. <laughs> I agree that it's, a, and by the way, some of the folks that maybe are listening to you that are more your side politically are kind of sitting there saying, well, you can't say that because if we no, do, you know, we may I lose something. Didn't you just see the stat that a million people switched from Democrat to Republican? The story just came out two weeks ago. You're helping that even more. But I would say this. The political party that lost during COVID, they initially won. It's kind of like a basketball game when they come and say, oh, hey, you know, the Celtics are up 28 points in the first quarter. <laughs> the Celtics lost by 17 <laughs> points to the Golden yeah. State Warriors. So. Yeah. The Democrats started off with a big lead in the yep. first half. Oh my God, look at you. Mm. Freaking Republicans. And then fourth quarter came around. What the hell were these guys doing? Mm-hmm. It it unfortunately, unfortunately, a part of COVID was awesome for America to see. I'm not talking the loss of loved ones, any of that. I'm talking a part of COVID was it revealed what the motive really was for the people on the left. Mm
1: -hmm. Big time.
0: It revealed...
2: And what do you think that motive was? Control. Uh,
0: I know uh, what's right for you. uh, You know, last uh. night, uh, shout out to Elena, who works here. Uh, Do you know where the concept of Build Back Better came out of?
3: The World Economic Forum? Yeah, so
0: the World Economic Forum is the original Build Back Better. If you ever... Do you have the link to kidding. this? Of uh, I'm going to show this. That. Our
3: friend Klaus Schwab. That was a scary.
0: Yeah. Voice. So I'm going to I'm going to send this to you. I want you to pull this mm-hmm. up and and uh, just take a look at this article on a uh, uh, World Economic Forum, and and look at what the date is. Okay, that's what's mm-hmm. concerning. When was uh, when was the election? By the way, when was the election?
3: November of
0: of what 20. year? Okay. 20. So so I want you to look at this article, uh, Tyler. Pull mm-hmm. this article up that I just sent you. Pull this article up and look at the date. It's kind of weird. I'm not. I'm not. uh, uh, I think if you're watching this, folks, I think you need to dig into this for your own self and do a little bit of research. Spend 30 minutes on this and play around and see what
1: you figure out. And Pat, the world is it just a bunch of people, rich elites that are just gathering, talking about what what's good for us and what's not good for us? I know some of them were talking about how you shouldn't own anything. They want the
0: new world order. That's what they to become. Okay, so watch this. What is the date?
1: Uh, Ju- Make it a
0: little bit smaller so they see the logo at the top and they know what the link is. What's the logo at the top? If you can zoom World in, World
1: Economic. Can Forum. they
0: see it right there? Zoom in a little bit on the logo all the way at the top of the website. It says World Economic Forum. If you look mm-hmm. at the link, it's the World Economic Forum website.org. Mm-hmm. Look at the date, July 13, twenty twenty.
2: Oh my god! I feel like I need a tin foil hat. What What's the hell is <laughs> going
0: to <laughs> and build and this- back better? We must reinvent capitalism. And then Biden, without even holding anything back, comes and they call it the build back, back better. better. The pandemic has brought us the focus of vulnerabilities in our systems and institutions, but it also offers oh, us a chance God. to shape a more resilient and sustainable world. Here's how businesses and policymakers can start building the green and inclusive future we need. Thanks to an ongoing pandemic, thanks to the ongoing pandemic, the world is off balance and we're running so far, for years to come, far from settling into a new normal, we should expect the COVID-19 domino effect, triggering further disruptions, positive as well as negative, over the decade ahead. Okay, so if you keep going lower and lower, there's a part that they talk about a few different things. Okay, go lower, that's the part. So right there, the world's largest shipping company is setting up a research center to decarbonize the industry. The great reset after COVID-19 must put people first. Yeah, right. Four-way stakeholder capitalism can create a more resilient post-COVID MENA region. So, I don't know. You know, like, think about it from this standpoint. Imagine if, you know, if uh, 30 years from now, a person goes up and goes, runs for office, and their campaign is called Make America Great Again, 30 years from now. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to be 73. What's the first thing we're going to be thinking about? Trump, you guys guys took that. You stole that. what?" What?
1: Heard it already. Make
0: America Great Again was from a guy named Trump. Mm-hmm. You know what, the billionaire? Yeah, you, you guys weren't with that guy. Yeah. Make America Great Again. So, so imagine if you take a campaign <laughs> from somebody in Germany on what his campaign was, and it's the identical, and you're not even changing a little bit. Grow back better, you know, B- like verbatim. Mm-hmm. We need to build back better to reset. reset a true recovery from COVID 19 will not be about putting things back together the way they were. We need to build back better to reset. This is why so many people are writing a book called The Great Reset. reset. I think Beck wrote a book. I think a couple other people a just wrote a people. book uh, well, titled This is
4: their model. It's The Great Reset. You'll own nothing and be happy.
0: Yeah. And, like and, that, and that's what it was. So, so, I don't know. So, for me, during COVID, what it did is we really figured out what your motives were. Like, okay, cool. That's what your motive is? No problem. It, it, the moment I know and you know someone's motive, like when a woman goes on a date with a guy mm-hmm. and he straight up says, look, just got to have an ugly divorce. I have no desire to have a girlfriend. But if you want to have fun, let's go to my place and have fun. I'll come to your place if you just want to have fun. So guess what advantage you have now? Now you know my what? Motive. Mm-hmm. So you can decide what to do with that motive. So now you have to make a decision that's what? You either are going to say, between us, let's go chill. Mm -hmm. I'm cool. okay. Or you may say, yeah, I've actually been out of a relationship for a couple years, and it was a bad one, but I'm ready to get into a relationship. And I actually want somebody that I can have a serious relationship with. I've had too many of these Tinder stuff the last couple years. I'm done. I kind of want to have somebody serious. Now I know your motive. Our motives don't match. But you know mine and I know yours. Great. The, Democrat, the Democrats, uh, uh, some of them on the left, kept their motives. Now we know their motives. And it's a beautiful thing because it's very hard to go back. This is why a lot of people who were Democrats, who were registered Democrats saying, I'm sorry, bro, I'm not with that, dog. I, I'm, I'm okay. You're there. I'm not with you. You can't log on to Instagram for whatever reason. It doesn't allow us. Just go to WorldStar. I'd love to see the demographics. I follow World Star like and me sometimes. Too, the challenge about raw. challenge about following World Star when you're married is sometimes I'm going through Instagram <laughs> some and, and some girls naked doing in My box. <laughs> like, "What do you want?" I'm like, "Babe, I just follow World yeah, Star. News, Don't news, blame me. Yeah, blame World yeah. Yeah. Star." But if you go on World Star, a story came out. Uh, uh, they posted a picture recently. I wish I can just show this to you. Oh, here it is. Uh, they posted this. Okay, what is it? Is it is the it POTUS twerking? tweet? Yeah, the POTUS okay. tweet. Okay, can it. you just put this up? And, and I love the question they posed, okay, on WorldStar. Very simple. They posed the question. First of all, they put the tweet from the president. You can zoom in. Gas prices have been dropping for 34 straight days, about 50 cents a gallon. That saves the average driver about $25 a month. I know those extra dollars and cents mean something. It's breathing room. And we're not done working yeah. to get prices even lower. okay. He tweets this. World Star puts it up and look what they put. Are the gas prices going down in your city? I dare you to go down all the comments people left and find one that supports what President Biden were said. are they dropping though? <laughs> no, no. I you nah. just have to see it's comedy if you watch what yeah. people are saying. You're full of shit. I'm so sick of it. You Barely. know, da da, da, da da. People are not holding back. So a lot of people are sitting there saying, dude, yeah, by the way, you know what a lot of them were saying? We need Trump back. Yeah. We need Trump back. We need, this is not like a Breitbart website. No. This is not a Turning Point USA. No, this is this World is Star. Not Daily Wire. Yeah. This is World Star. World Star. Yeah. Okay. This is World Star. So COVID revealed a lot. And those people who are not lazy, who are willing to think for themselves, are sitting there saying, listen, man, this ain't working out. Okay. At the top of my priorities for me to have the my economy be okay, my personal life, so I can take care of my wife, my husband, my kids, my family, and I'm, I can't do it right now. This shit is too much, and they're getting sick of the game. So I think COVID was very good to reveal motives of both political parties, and people learned a lot. Look at what happened to Bill Maher. Bill Maher blew up. A, he's like,
1: Bill Maher sounds like a conservative, like he would vote for Trump. I know I'm joking, but he sounds completely, everything that he was preaching two years ago, he's completely flipped. He doesn't. He doesn't like anything that's. I want right to read now.
0: a super chat real quick because it's about you. It's from DL Saint. I really want to know podcast twenty bucks. Vinny is one of the funniest comics in the game. He's put in the work. A true G. Keep doing you, Vinny. I love it. That's a shout out that's for a you. Good, <laughs> yeah, we, we did have, it. We, did, we it. did it. We have another one here, Andrew Hugh, who said World Economic Forum event two thirty was COVID nineteen uh, role play. The WF oh. are behind it all, and Biden Macron. Trudeau, Johnson, and all leaders who are Controlled by the WF, look at the WF Agenda 2030 and ESG scores You may want to go do research for yourself, I'm not going to Get into it, but I suggest you may want to look into Scott Rodriguez, this is for Vinny, ha 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 Anyways, okay
1: People are
4: loving and, Vinny
0: And,
1: and, and Pat, uh, not, not to cut you off, so, and, and I was watching So you took notes like a professional like, And Pat, you have notes and Adam, this is how, Stay in school and read books, look at my This is my Quantitative easing, tightening government, money, the Great Reset, You just me. You did, you did the turkey the with your hand. I did the turkey with the hand, and then that's me, and I'm just not. So
0: The opposable thumb. Very impressive. <laughs> Thank okay, you. You I guys mind know. if we spend the last 40 minutes going into some issues and getting some thoughts on issues? Let's do it. All all right. Let's go into some of these issues here. Okay. So uh, bah, 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 uh, let's go through New York Times, uh, July 11th. So this is, a, this is a recent story. Most Democrats don't want Biden. In 2024, new poll shows. Okay, Uh, uh, President Biden is facing an alarming level of doubt from uh, inside his own party with 64% of Democratic voters saying they would prefer a new standard bearer in the 2024 presidential campaign. According to New York Times uh, Siena College poll, as voters nationwide have soured on his uh, leadership, giving him a meager 33% job approval rating, widespread concerns about the economy and inflation have helped turn the national mood uh, uh, decidedly. Dark, both on Mr. Biden and the trajectory of the nation, more than three-quarters of registered voters see the United States moving in the wrong direction. A pervasive sense of pessimism that spans every corner of the country, every age range and racial group city suburbs and rural rural areas, as well as both political parties. Only 13% of American voters said the nation was on the right track, the lowest point in Times polling since the depth of the financial crisis more than a decade ago. What do you think about this when you hear this story from New York Times?
3: Well, I mean, sometimes they actually get the story right. The New York Times. (laughs) You might disagree with that. But the the number one thing that Republicans or the Democrats should be hoping for in 2024 is that Trump runs. Because the only way the Democrats can still win in 2024 is if it's Trump. You might be saying, what the hell are you talking about right now? Because if a DeSantis runs or someone with mass appeal, it's a cakewalk. Mm -hmm. But if Trump gets back in there and starts mudslinging again, I don't think the people on the right fully understand, you might have a good grasp of this, just how much, even if it's against their own pocketbook and against their own interest, how nails on a chalkboard he is to their ears. Again, it might be counterintuitive. Well, he was better for us. Trump gets on screen, gets on TV, and Democrats have a meltdown. I'm willing to bet that at one point you had Trump derangement syndrome. Did you
0: not?
2: I did, yeah.
3: Okay. And half of he America
0: did. pretty bad though. I mean, we had to I, mean, yeah, guy, we yeah. we had I to went to rehab for a couple years. the Trump had. Luckily,
3: they were very gorgeous women and things are <laughs> yeah. okay now. I'm a little more reasonable. But you fully understand just how much people yeah. on the left really, really can't stomach Trump. It's a guttural, nails on a chalkboard... When he gets a, America, and people just like, I, like <laughs> you understand fully. So for me, I'm telling, uh, putting this out there, I've never voted for a Republican for president in my life. I will gladly take a Ron DeSantis or someone who has those um, conservative agendas, just because I think Democrat. I had a conversation with a very high up Democratic uh, fundraiser here in on the DNC side. One of my best friends, I was like, "You understand how fucked up the Democrats are doing these days." He's like, "Yeah, I'm totally with you." And I said, "The Democrats are praying that Trump is the is the candidate in uh, no, 2024." Not. Stop, hundred percent. Stop, because Desantis. Oh my god, Desantis. You will- really believe that bullshit? Ten thousand percent. You really Pat. believe that? that yes. That, 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 oh, really? Okay. Yes. So let me ask you. Because questions. you can stomach Trump, so you don't understand what
0: I'm saying. Because I can set aside my emotions, homeboy. And you're
3: one of two percent of the
0: people that and can do you that. you Don't need everybody. And more of America no. needs to learn to be like her and sit down and have a she conversation. She
3: had Trump derangement syndrome. She got over, over it. But I. But <laughs> how but how many my, other people
0: have gotten yeah, over it? But no, no. But by the way, a lot of people have gone over it. No. A lot of people have gone over it. Yeah. But you, selective hearing, want to believe that. Let me explain to you something for you to be thinking about, okay? Let's let's take your argument of, they want uh, Trump to run. Oh, really? Yeah. If they really wanted Trump to run, you wouldn't see shit with January 6th hearing. Zero. If they really wanted Trump to run, you wouldn't see an article coming out saying, Iran is trying to assassinate Trump. President Trump. Oh my God, because the Democrats want him to run. If Democrats wanted Trump to run, they would sit down Nancy Pelosi and say, guys, enough with January. Let this guy run, he's going to lose. Mm-hmm. Let this guy run, he's going to lose. Do you see Republicans worried about Hillary Clinton running? Republicans are hoping <laughs> Hillary Clinton running. They're not even getting in her way. Have you heard Republicans talking shit about Hillary? Because they're hoping that's how you know. Anytime they go after somebody, they're afraid that guy's going to run. And you're smart enough and wise enough to know the difference. But selective hearing no, gets no. you to say, well, Pat, no. because the Democrats are hoping he runs.
3: No, I'm not, You're, only, you're be taking half that. of my but, argument, Pat. No, no, no. You have to no. be better than that. So, I'm saying, do they want Trump? Yeah. Hell no. Do they Are they rooting for Trump? Yeah. Hell no. But they're saying, they're looking at the field, they're saying, if Biden is is the guy, which I don't think he will be, yeah. who do we have a better chance against? Young,
0: uh, vibrant, Ron DeSantis. You have to be wiser than that strategic comment me? you just made.
3: You, you don't think that you, Ron DeSantis has a better chance of beating a Democrat than
0: Trump? I think Ron Burgundy has a better chance of beating anybody <laughs> on the left right now. It doesn't matter who it is. I, I, the point I'm trying to make to you is just think about the logic of what you're saying right now. Okay, You know the saying, Sanzu says... If an enemy is falling, don't get in his way. Get out of his way. Let him fall. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's strategic. No problem. If they're really afraid of Trump falling, why do they keep getting in his way? They're afraid. They're afraid of this guy. Whether it's true or not, it's here. I don't think Trump's a strategy going after Musk and doing all this. I I don't, you know, you heard what I said on the guy, you know, a couple people on Twitter came after me saying, what happened to you? You had our back and you were Trump. I said, I've never been. A Trump, an anti-Trump, a pro this, I've been a economy guy with policies that allows us to be left alone. And the same people that were so ecstatic about this guy who was going to become a president to unify America is the reason why we're experiencing what we're experiencing right now. So I understand the idea of protecting your vote because it sucks when you lose. I understand it. To have to protect that, I still made the right decision because I would have never voted. I get it; the ego is a hard thing. We all have it. Totally understand that. But the premise behind the fact that oh, the Democrats are hoping for me. get over it, that Well, let me
3: just my last. God,
0: God, Pat, and I want to get your opinion. Here on we this. go. Respect. No, <laughs> I disagree. Go on.
3: I'm not saying. I don't think you understand. Yeah. I generally don't. How disgusted? I understand half strategy. Of a, no, 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 no. Hear me yeah. out. How disgusted? half of America feels when they see him speak.
0: I don't think you fully get that. I run an insurance company with 27,000 agents Mm -hmm. in 49 states who talk to these people every day. I don't think you understand that I'm around these guys constantly from every state. And you're only in Florida, I'm in every state. Okay, I'm not. So what I'm trying to tell you is I hear there. last week we're doing something at the office and I said, Hillary Clinton is is a sweetheart. One of the ladies (laughs) said, she is a sweetheart. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so I'm in the street talking. I know I'm, they, they, I'm. I have to be there. I have to win the guys' vote, or mm-hmm. else you don't. Got, you don't have a business uh, that, that you're growing. The, America's bigger than New York City. America's bigger than Miami. Mm-hmm. Okay, America is America. You got fifty states you're dealing with, and a lot of them. It doesn't need to be hundred percent of them. It just needs to be. Five to ten percent of them disagree with it's you. It's ten thousand people in the Midwest, that's who controls our country. That's the point, yeah. And they're sick of it. True. Not, not Adam, by the way, you, you whether you're gonna go, I don't do do what you gotta do. A lot of people are very protective of who they voted because they hate being wrong.
3: I'm not. Yeah. It's 0% about me. I'm talking about 50% of the country that when Trump speaks yeah. it's nails on a chalkboard to them. For who gives a oh, fuck who when, I voted because, for?
0: Because when Joe Biden speaks, it's freaking awesome. No, they <laughs> go to sleep. Oh, because when he speaks, they well, go to sleep. Fired, yeah.
1: <clears throat> um, I want to get up and go yeah. You've had Trump
3: derangement syndrome. You know exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, but just really fast to defend, uh, not, sorry to cut you off, but uh, I think the reason that, Pat, they are Doing the January sixth talk, and they do just so that if he does, they can just say threat to democracy. They can use exactly. those exactly And, I, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with Adam in the sense that. And, and, and question to you guys uh, all: Do you think the the Santas would win over Trump if they both find if they're both running? That's like, a different conversation. But yeah. I'm saying who, who would, because the left is going to have a field day with threat to democracy. They're exactly. going to still talk about Russia. They're going to bring in all the other old shit that they're going to jam it on there. They have nothing to really the right talk about. Strategy,
0: you said- the right strategy, if you're not intimidated of somebody and you want that person to run, get the hell out of their way. Yeah. That's strategy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get out of there. Let them keep talking shit about you. You know, how many times have you heard me on camera talk shit about former colleagues or people that we did business with? How many times have you heard me? Zero. How many I, times? Because it's not my style. No, I don't do it. I agree. Even if they do, and they do it all the time, mm-hmm. you don't see me getting up there. And it's not my style. Nope. Okay? Because the market then gets to decide, listen, you know, the only story hovered the other a Pat doesn't even get up and takes all the shit. No problem. Because eventually the market's going to sit there and say, damn okay i didn't (laughs) know that no problem yeah get the hell out of the way let the market decide because you're not worried about it they're so worried about trump i agree if you're not let them lose please i want to hear your thoughts. yeah please
2: well i was gonna ask you who if you could like if who would you like to see running in 2024 on both sides in each party like who would you pick if you could pick not trump and
3: not biden I so think it's time it for a. Fra- I would take a Desantis uh-huh. and whoever the left kind of plucks well, out of thin you, air.
2: Yeah, who would you? I mean, New I, I,
3: I've been saying this for five fucking years. Joe Manchin is America. He ain't running. Totally, he's I've right. been saying like, who told you about Joe Manchin three years? ago? How many times do I have to give you? Exactly. Credit no. for okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm, but I'm saying like any Democrat. I'm a person. Yeah. No matter what, if you watch the the show that I do on this side of the room, I'm the type of person who sits down with this type of person with this type of philosophy. And an exact type of different type of philosophy. I say, guys, let's figure something out. Let's see how we could all work together. Because more than a Republican or Democrat, I'm an American. I like I travel the world. I don't like going around the world and being like, "Ah, you know, stupid American. I'm like, I'm a fucking American. We up in this thing. Yeah. I like when America has a good stature in the world, and that you can be proud to be an American. And over the last. Whether it's Biden or Trump, it's not exactly America's got a good reputation throughout the world. So I would love to have someone, whoever it is, that has a 60% approval rating in America. And it's not Biden, and it's not Trump. I'm sorry. So there you go.
2: It's very interesting. How about yourself? Well, I mean, I think the debate you guys are having is so fascinating. Something I've noticed is that, um, which it's kind of could be support for either side, Democrats who don't understand um, the extent to which Republicans right now are ambivalent about Trump, especially with the specter of DeSantis rising, they, in their mind, because they have created out of Trump this kind of bogeyman who's so all encompassing, they cannot see the polling that's showing that DeSantis is already. Neck and neck with him and they haven't even declared. And I know a lot of Democrats who would vote for DeSantis. I think he has about 60% approval here in the state. And right? this is yep. my
3: entire point so, of everything we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah,
2: so but I so I think that the Democrats are have a real blindness when it comes to what's happening on the Republican side. So you know, I think actually maybe that does support Pat's point a little bit that um they don't think they can run against him I think they're doing January 6 because they are convinced he would beat Biden and um, I think they're wrong about that not I mean actually I don't I don't think I agree with you Biden's not I don't think Biden's gonna run mm-hmm. but um you know I, I I cannot see how with these numbers DeSantis doesn't blow Trump out of the water and I think to the extent that you know Trump doesn't like to lose it's possible he doesn't mm-hmm. even run if if DeSantis can get you know up you know past I don't know 35 40 percent 50 percent right? And people are, you know, Trump's down in the 30s. I just think that it's, um, I'm shocked to see how, not surprised, but um, it is astounding to see how, f- how.
3: Are the numbers you're quoting, like Is a difference between a Republican primary and a national electorate, right?
2: Well, so now when you call Republicans. Has a, as, a,
3: as a much better broad appeal to Americans than, um, than Trump does. I mean, but I don't know what the Republican no, base so looks like. Okay. No, in
2: in Repu- in polls of Republican primary voters, they're now neck and neck, and no and, and no one's declared it. I mean, the idea that DeSantis has a na- such a national profile to compete with a former president—it's crazy. It's crazy, and I think it speaks volumes to how he's governed. Which is, he's and
3: why do you think Republicans feel that way about DeSantis when they've been so all about Trump for the past five years?
2: I do think January this January six hearings have hurt him. I, I do think that, and I think more than that, he's hurt himself. You know. Trump, if you really watch, if you watched his speeches, you watched mm-hmm. his, his, in his, his rallies in 2016, in 2020, he talked over and over and over again about NAFTA, about jobs, about the economy. And of course, yeah, he'd throw in, you mm-hmm. know, the red meat for the press, actually, some, you know, quasi-racist comments so that they'd make sure that the press would cover it because they would only cover it if he did that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But he was talking about the economy and jobs. He was saying to the working class, they have stolen everything from you now since 2020 all he talks about is himself Mm -hmm. they've stolen everything from me that is the difference and that's very
0: very unattractive okay totally it's very unattractive and somebody behind closed doors has to give him the feedback to realize Mm -hmm. people don't like that approach okay let who's that person let people tell you let other people say you're doing a great job you shouldn't constantly brag about you. Every once in a while, it's okay to be self-promotion, shameless, all that stuff. Believe me, there's a lot of guys on Instagram and Twitter that TikTok that are blowing up because they're great at shameless self-promotion. Fine, it's a little bit of that is necessary. We know who some of these guys are, but he's at a point right now that he may be losing certain people as well. My, and argument, he, and he, well, my he, well, argument wasn't about that you're wrong. My argument is the fact that your premise of Democrats are hoping for him to run is wrong. They're no. not hoping for oh. him to run okay. in. Because if they did, they wouldn't have done what they're doing can right
3: I, now. Can I just qualify my sure. point? yeah. They're hoping that it's him as the candidate. Over
0: DeSantis. Over DeSantis. Okay. I, mean, because I agree with that. Of, yeah.
3: What are they going to say about DeSantis? <laughs> Nothing. Okay, Nothing. Yeah, he doesn't like saying can the word gay. In? Check yeah. this out. Okay. This, is, this is from they Vegas. So ins- much ammo against Trump. This
0: is VegasInsider.com. 2024 election betting gods. Trump's at the top, plus 275. Mm-hmm. Dennis DeSantis. Guys, that is very close. Yep, yeah. very close. Yeah. Biden 550. I cannot believe Kamala is it's fourth. Honestly, I can't believe she's fourth. Easy. I don't think she stands a chance. Zero. Uh, Pence, then Budicic, then Haley, then Michelle Obama, then Warren, mm-hmm. then Tucker, and the rest of the folks. On By the way,
3: in that, I just want to get your opinion because yeah. I'll, I'll give you my answer. In yeah. that, what is the most interesting storyline?
2: Oh that's Michelle a great Obama? question. I do just want to say one, one thing on the on the previous point. Um, it, to me it is tragic what Trump is doing now because his legacy is so strong. I think even somebody on the left can say like the things he did for the country before the pandemic there was so much there to run on, to brag about. And, and he's just he's squandered the whole thing over this, this nonsense. And I, I, I find that to be a little bit tragic. Um, you're giving me side-eye because you're like, what did he do for this car? <laughs> no,
3: I'm not saying Listen, that. I'm there's a saying- d-
0: there's a d- you have to be very careful in life, okay? Very careful. I've had a lot of enemies over the years. I had a, a, a lunch a, a few weeks ago with one of my biggest enemies in business, Okay. And we had lunch, and we sat down. It was an incredible lunch we had together, okay? Fastened to the point where the, at the end, the hug was like a brotherly hug. Mm-hmm. And wow. listen, wow. we wanted to kill each other, okay? This, this is, is one of your enemies, you're th- saying. Th- th- um, th- you don't need to go any deeper than that, okay. because you, so this is somebody that's an enemy in business, okay? You have to be very careful to not hate or be envious and you have to be able to logically give credit where credit's due, oh, even man. if it, I'm not a LeBron James fan at all. I give him tremendous credit what he did with all the odds being against him to become who he is today, with his, as a father, as a leader to his family. Tremendous credit. I don't agree with what he's saying, even saying to Griner, if I was her, I don't know if I'd come back to America. Yeah. All the stuff that he does, I don't support any of that. I think it's too much bitching. <laughs> But I support the fact that he's done what he's done. So you got to be careful because for somebody to become a billionaire, win on TV, and to become a president—name me one person that's done that. Including Reagan, he's never done that. So his legacy—he's one of a kind. Just so you may—he's one. He's going to be one of the most controversial, uh, most written-about figures in the history of America. But he's one of a kind. Only one person ever has become a billionaire, won on TV, and become a president. Only one person's ever done that. Not fifty. He ain't one in five. He's in one of one. Okay, Hate him, love him, trash him, do whatever you can. Name me one other person that's done that. You can't do that. So, But if you look at this list, I would love mm-hmm. to do a fundraiser at my house. I would do it for number one. I would do it for number two. I don't think three and four running. I would do a fundraiser for number six, Pete. I would do a fundraiser for Obama. Wait,
2: you, you do Pete but not Pence?
0: i pence fine i just don't think uh, pence has a chance i just don't think pence has a chance i think pete could have a chance i think michelle definitely i don't think uh what's uh is that warren i I think bernie's too old i think i would do a fundraiser and bring people to ask real questions i've been part of these fundraisers before and it's not like hey what's up can we take a picture (laughs) it's not like hey can i get a picture to post on instagram no it's it's like hey so tell me what do you think about this Mm -hmm. stuff why are you doing this like Mm How do you handle a situation? Like, I want to be able to ask uh, Pete a couple questions. I want to be able to ask Michelle a couple questions, you know, on and where she's at. Because there's a difference between the Michelle and Barack in 4 one-term senators who are broke, to Michelle and Barack Obama today who are worth a few hundred million yeah, dollars. There's a different perspective for business. So mm-hmm. I'd love to speak to Michelle about that and see. hey, let's do a fundraiser and mm-hmm. ask some questions and I'll bring some people that are from both sides of the aisle. And we'll raise whatever the amount is, 25 bucks ahead, 25, I don't know what their dollar amount Mm -hmm. is, but I would love to do that, to see both sides of the aisle, okay, to do that. So for me, it's not I'm a Trump guy, I'm a DeSantis guy, I'm a, you know, uh, uh, who's your guy, Uh, uh, Manchin. Manchin. Yesterday I tweeted something about Manchin, and I said uh, yesterday about Manchin, uh, uh, I said, Joe Manchin, I got to read this to you because it's so ironic that you're talking about him today, and this was my tweet yesterday. I said, Joe Manchin, someone give Joe Manchin a Medal of Honor, okay? I think at the end of the day, this guy's going to get a lot more credit to have so. kept America together during because mm-hmm. shit could be a lot worse yeah. if there was yep. not a Manchin today.
4: Yeah, but that's I the odds. but, so, Pat, but- I, th- I think you're the ex- exception, and I don't do this often, but I'm going to give credit to Adam here. I, American politics, the presidential race, is very much a popularity contest. That's all it is. People don't care about policies. You go ask the average American what policies of Trump they like, they can't give you an answer. And what I think is very interesting here is that nowhere on this list is Gavin Newsom. I think it's fairly obvious Gavin Newsom is going to be the candidate. Yeah, I think that's who they want. I think that's who they're going to push. I think that's who down. they're going to have. Yeah. People don't like Kamala. People think Pete's a joke. Tulsi um, Gabbard's cl- Elizabeth Warren is she's I think people see through her. Um, Bernie, the party won't let Bernie win. I think it's obvious Newsom's going to be the candidate. Mm. Donald Trump cannot beat Gavin Newsom.
1: Andrew period. Cuomo's I up don't,
4: there? You don't think Trump can beat Gavin absolutely Newsom? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Whoa. I think people aren't going to care about what happened in California. I think people are going to look at Gavin Newsom... Purely on his wow. looks and the way he speaks, I do he not. He was think just walking. down and see his eyes. Yeah, I don't, I don't think hey, people listen, care about politics. Did you see the video of him on along with he's no jacket? Just had his watchers, and they're, they're he's making him, his bro. rounds on the
0: media.
3: All the media saying he's the Justin Trudeau of America.
4: Gavin Newsom is the
3: Justin Trudeau of America.
4: By the way, if you don't think he can get it, I think Adam just nailed it. Oh no, but
3: in a bad way. That's what i Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: He's all the. You saw what Joe Joe Rogan just had to say.
2: Totally. I think he won the nomination. any of these. Donald yeah. B Trump. Trump.
4: Yeah. I, I'm so, telling you. And Adam's right. The, the left's biggest fears that Ron DeSantis runs. That's Big their agree. biggest fear. I, I, I think just you make a good point in. with oh, Trump January 6. By the way, scroll good.
3: up for a little bit. This is the storyline that I, I want to think You
2: are right, but I don't think the left realizes it. That that's what I think is somewhere between the two of you. You're right that you know. They should want Trump to win, but they don't realize it because orange man bad like they yeah, can't yes. they're not they can't they're still deranged. So so they, they don't hard even to
0: realize. hate
4: someone for it's that long lazy. and then be like, sure, Goes back to, to the first
0: 10 minutes of the podcast. But by the but, way, remember,
2: you're an
4: exception. Most people I, aren't going to do the research. But be careful taking
0: that angle, guys. Be careful taking that angle, because if you take that angle, what you're mm-hmm. trying to say is the American voter is lazy. That's what you're saying.
3: I don't know. We, ha- we, we discussed Be Very that careful all the way
0: because if Tyler's saying that's his position, you know, the other way all the way to the top. Yeah. So you're saying okay. the American voter's lazy.
3: We discussed this at the beginning. But by the way, you know who is very interesting because he had, he's been he's just been kind of quiet. Cool. But he's gonna be there at and he's not scared is number one, two, three, four, five. P- sixteen hundred dollar. That is Mike Pence. Oh, Pence! If you see what's going on, yeah, he's yeah, going yeah, after yeah, yeah. Trump. There yeah, are yeah, yeah. what is it called? Uh, like what they're doing uh, when you like fight a war, but uh, but you're proxy. Not.
2: proxy proxy battle. war.
3: Oh. So right now they're having a proxy war yeah. in the state of Wyoming. Totally. <laughs> Mike Pence is supporting Liz Cheney, yep. January sixth uh, Insurrection uh, Committee, and Donald Trump is supporting the lady who kind of looks like a dude in my but opinion. She's in the lead. The lady in, in the lead, big time. And they're fighting these proxy wars. They did the same thing in Georgia, where um, Pence supported the governor who ended up winning, and and Trump supported his can. Uh, Trump and Pence. Yeah. They got some serious beef going. Oh, on. Oh, big time. And Pence if was. This to- was a
2: movie. There yes. would be like, you know what I mean? The confrontation. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> yeah. and
3: Pence was the greatest bootlicker of all time. Big yeah. time. He was Trump could do no wrong, and then on January sixth, when he almost got hung. He hung him out to dry, and now Pence wants a little reward. I was uh, on
0: Ruben podcast a couple days ago. Shout out to Dave Ruben when you guys go play your uh, basketball. Dave Rubin, when we playing ball, happened there. But I was on his podcast, and and he said, so you know what would be like a creative candidate mix? I said, DeSantis, Ivanka Trump would be very interesting. Okay, DeSantis as the president, as the candidate, and Ivanka as the the VP. You know why? Uh, Because the Trump camp. Mm -hmm. will say at least there is a Trump there and the Democrat camp that is not willing to vote for Donald, but they're willing to vote for Ivanka because they're comfortable with her. That's a very creative way of doing things. It's distance enough and close enough where the Democrat who are saying, I will not vote for Trump, but I think they'll vote for DeSantis and Trump. It's a creative way now to, to, for that to happen. Guys, what, yeah. I don't think DeSantis is going to pick her as a VP. Yeah, well, I think sure. DeSantis is a guy that plays it very safe. Yeah, yeah. Tim and Scott I think, is
2: for sure going to yeah. be yeah. his pick. Yeah. No, he's going to go Tim with a guy. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Scott? Yeah, for sure. DeSantis? do hey, not? I don't, not?
1: Know if I don't why, think would be for sure. But oh,
2: he'd who? be a great pick. Pat, who do you think Trump's he's VP not. pick would be if why, it just happened right
1: now? Who would it be? I just haven't heard his name thrown out there that much.
0: He asked a question, what do you think Trump's VP is going to be? Who's Trump's
1: VP pick would be if right now it happened Can right I now? Can I tell you who I think it's going to yeah. be? Someone that's not on this list. I think so, too. I think so. That's I mean, my, uh, Mike Pompeo might be of He's he, a gangster, he's, he's bro. That's not CIA... Gonna. No,
2: I think he'd he's go with Nikki Haley him. for sure. No, I don't even
1: think he's going to go with anybody on anybody this list.
0: Anybody on this yeah, list. By the way, FYI, just so everybody knows, guys, just so everybody knows, the next two years of media on this topic... Is going to be bonkers. Okay? <laughs> the next two years, this is gonna be the mm-hmm. ultimate Super Bowl of Super Bowls. <laughs> You you talking AFC <laughs> NFC WWF. It's gonna be so freaking nasty!
1: I can't wait. So <laughs>
0: and, and, know, and, and nasty is great for TV. Big time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, so we're gonna get nasty but, next like, couple wait, years. But here's, here's the
3: question: CNN. Is nasty good for America? I want what's good for America. No, not not but good CNN, for,
1: media. for CNN and them to to come back out of the freaking grave, they need that. They need this. Let's go
0: to a couple drama. other stories, on, I want Hang on, Pat, I want, real, so real we, quick.
4: I, I, I've heard this come up twice now that voters are lazy, and I wanna address this. Why do you think Mark Zuckerberg dumped 150, or whatever, how many hundreds of millions of dollars into a get out the vote campaign, pushing everybody to vote? Go vote, go vote, go vote, go vote, go vote. Because people don't do their research, they vote for who they're told to vote for. I don't well, think they saying. have a big opinion yeah. on it. I think that's exactly why I, Adam's right. I I, I I, don't think voters are lazy, but, I don't think politics is the top but, of but, list.
0: But wait a minute, let's unpack that, my friend Tyler here. So I think majority are lazy. But the minority is gonna determine the next president. And if you got a million people who flipped, you don't need everybody. That's a million people who flipped. That's the truth. Yeah. A million who flipped, okay? Is Trump good at making allies? What's his resume show and him creating allies? He shoots himself. Who's, who's fired more people on his own administration than him? I don't know a lot of people, okay? So that TV show was not a show. That's. That's him, okay? 100%. So, percent So if, if he's going to go, a person needs to get in there to give that side of marketing storytelling. If he continues with this part about, you know, it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair, he's got three to six months to make changes. I think three to six months later, it's going to be who's going to be pushed. I think in, in, as of right now, I actually agree with the way it is today. I think this thing can flip in six to 12 months and it can flip very quickly. In In what regard? How flip it? Flip meaning if he goes, people are not inspired by feel sorry for me. People are not inspired by it's not fair. That's not an inspirational message. People are not inspired by an entitlement message. And his messaging is, I deserve to be there right now. It's just, listen, it's not attractive. Go fight and win it again and and change your approach.
2: Like now when people are struggling so much with like inflation, with like basic, basic needs, they could both think. That he, lo- that he won and it was unfair and feel like, why, are you- why is he not feeling sorry for me? Why am I being asked to expend pity yeah. on this person who's a millionaire and I can't f- afford to fill up my car with gas? I think that that's, the, that's he, really he, important. This
0: is like the easiest time for him to just say, I have nothing to say. This is all thing I will tell you. A month before COVID, here was the economy, before, after, and say nothing else. Just do that and show that. Mm -hmm. The PowerPoint of every speech he would give if I was his campaign manager the next three, six, 12 months, I'm going to say the following. Look, let's move on with what happened with 2016, uh, 2020. 2020. 2020 election. Forget about it. Let's move on with my conflicts with Pence. Let's move on with all that stuff. This is all I will tell you. This is me pre-COVID what America was like. This is you today. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about it? How are you being impacted by it? Forget about if you don't like me because I'm pompous and I'm loud and I'm this. I'm from New York. This is my DNA. If you've been in the real estate world and you know how it is to compete, this is how you have to be to Mm -hmm. compete. I've been like this for 77, 78 years. It's what's helped me get here. This is how I got here. But forget about set aside your emotions. You don't like me. Okay. For me being loud. How do you feel about this? You know math. You don't need to know science to see this. What do you like? Do you like this or do you like this? Yeah. When I was in, what did you hear about ISIS? What did you hear about this? What did you hear about that? What happened here? Our administration did a better job with this. Theirs is not. You want this continue. If you don't, we're coming mm-hmm. back. And if you want this, if he took that approach, a lot of the people that would hate him, they would go like this. <sighs> I don't like this guy. Listen, I'm not, I'm a, I got to give him credit. Yep. Nice. He's showing a I got to give him credit. If he can't get out of his own way, he's screwed. You got six mm-hmm. months. By the way, yeah. you only have six months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You only have six months to flip that. And anyway, let me—I want to have two, two other stories before we wrap up. One of them is a Newsweek story. I got to give you credit to Newsweek since you're part of Newsweek. There's Vladimir you. Putin to be called ruler of Russia mm. under new proposal. A pro-Kremlin party is calling for Vladimir Putin to be referred to as the Russia. Russia's ruler rather than a Russia president in uh, order to move away from job description derived from a foreign language. The National Liberal Democratic Party uh, proposed replacing the term president with uh, Pavitel, which means ruler, because uh, the term president has not yet taken root completely in uh, Russia-run state-run outlet uh, RIA Novosti reported. The DPR said that the using of the term president has always been embarrassed, embarrassed us. The party argued in its proposal that the term was first used at the end of 18th century in the U.S. and much later it spread throughout the world. What, what, what do you, since this is Newsweek, yeah. what's this all about with ruler? There it is. How do you feel about this? All
2: right. I, I feel about this the way I feel about a lot of the coverage of Putin, which is that, you know, the guy is a thug. The guy is a murderer. He has... You know Russia is not a real democracy. But at the same time, I feel like there's a kind of unhealthy obsession and a need to make him much bigger than he is in the media and in American politics. And I think that that is connected to Trump. I mean, this is a new thing in American politics. I think our greatest adversary is China, and I don't understand why we haven't been trying to make alliances with Russia, which was more democratic before we took this adversarial approach. Um, you know, in in, in, in in an alliance against China, which is actually our greatest adversary. I think Russia's like, yeah, the war in Ukraine is horrible. It's it's, it's devastating, but at the same time, that doesn't make Russia more than it is, which is essentially a Petro state. And we're, we've screwed over our own working class and our and Americans. And Americans' pocketbooks and their ability to achieve a middle class life um, by taking a side too strongly in this conflict. So that's how I see it. You know, I'm not, this is not praise for Putin. He's a thug and a murderer. Th- the war in Ukraine was absolutely unjustifiable. But at the same time, you know, we have a lot of culpability there. We have not done the most that we could to make sure that things did not end up here. And I think that we've actually screwed ourselves over when it comes to fighting China, which is a much bigger threat.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I, you. Check, check, check. Everything you said, I I totally agree with. Um, You hit the nail on the head. I think the famous quote is, uh, Russia is a gas station masquerading as a country. Yeah. And you called it a petrol state. I'll never forget the conversation we had with the great director, Oliver Stone, here. And I was like, who does Putin want to be? You know, Stalin, Lenin? He goes, no, 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 no. You got to go further back. And he said he wants to be Peter the Great. And now this just kind of confirms all that, where he wants to be called the ruler. The president is no longer so. In my mind, he's more of an Ivan the Terrible than Peter the Great. <laughs> but um, this is this is, I, and then the last point is: I, I we need to f- refocus our agenda away from the Russia nonsense and focus more on China. We talk about that's our biggest adversary, but for 50 years it was Russia, and we've slowly seen China. Yeah. You know become the number one potentially number two country in the world right now behind the us i think they're set to take us over gdp wise by what 2030 and that's where our focus needs to shift so i'm not under i'm not completely sure why we're so focused on russia it's uh we can maybe can't just shake it from our
0: dna from the last 50 years i don't know listen to to make it in the russian politics for as long as this guy's made it he's not a dummy he's doing this for mm-hmm. a reason Uh, From the outside, you may sit there and say, what a terrible timing to do this because you're allowing the world to say, look how egotistical you are to be called a ruler. There's a motive behind it. The world's going to find out in about two to four weeks on the real reason why they want to make this transition. Uh, Who knows what the reasoning is? But uh, it it doesn't show me that it's progressive. It shows me that it's kind of using this crisis as a way to go backwards to give even more control to him than going in the direction where the people are really – uh, in charge of that country. It's just saying, no, you know, you're right. They're not in charge of the country. But look, at the end of the day, the last two years, we've definitely not worked on strengthening this relationship at mm-hmm. all. So we did not get, uh, you know, closer to our enemy to calm them down. We've actually screwed this thing up and we're spending too much time high-fiving and, uh, what do you call it, fist-pumping uh, guys from Saudi Arabia. Hey, what's up, dog? You know, hey, yeah, I know you guys killed that one journalist. All good. Don't worry about it. How you doing? It's a very weird uh, foreign policy approach that we're taking. It's quite embarrassing if you think about it to the world on how they're uh, viewing us. I want to wrap up with this one story and then we'll uh, go into the Jimbo thing. I don't know if we have time for it, but I'm going to do it anyway. So socialist exodus in Colombia, investments, mm. uh, a socialist exodus in Colombia, invested halted, investments halted and businessmen flee to Miami. After left-wing candidate Gustavo Petro triumphed in the second round of Colombia's presidential election on June 19, businessmen across the country began shifting their savings into dollars and halted their investment plans. Instead, entrepreneurs are looking to Miami or Panama to expand their businesses to survive the impending economic chaos. Petro, a former guerrilla, came to the elections proposing socialist and populist proposals such as the banning of uh, hydrocarbons and uh, fracking, massive taxes and takeovers of unproductive lands, which were raised under the uh, euphemism of democratization of properties, all these measures resurrecting Colombia is the ghost of Chavismo and leftist governments in Latin America, which have left economic crisis in their countries. Thoughts?
2: Um, well, to me, I'm going to think about this from like a domestic point of view. Like you want to know why Hispanic voters are flocking to the Republican Party. It's because of stuff like this. You know, the reason that minorities are increasingly seeing you know, a future for themselves in the De- Republican Party instead of the Democratic Party is because they know what authoritarian looks like, They authoritarianism looks like, they know what socialism looks like in practice. And when things like this happen, you know, when they look to the South America, look to Central America, and they see, you know, the things that their parents told them about, their ancestors told them about, you know, it, it really makes them, I think, feel some type of way about Democrats, um, who are speaking in the same kind of language as mm-hmm. as these people, that their families fled to come to the greatest nation on earth.
0: Check out this uh, article, by the way. Tyler just pulled up. Yeah. Get your money out now. Miami brokers target Colombian buyers after leftist election. What a great right. strategy, by the way. Wow. Adam, you got thoughts no, on that? No, I
3: just sent Tyler that article because, look, I'm born and raised in Miami. I have a lot of Colombian, Venezuelan, uh, Brazilian, Argentinian friends. And I had a conversation with um, a Colombian friend of mine recently, and he says... Every night, wealthy and even the not so wealthy Colombians sit down and they talk about their plan B. Every night they sit down and they say plan B is when shit hits the fan here and it's happening Mm. is we move to Miami. Mm. And uh, someone who lives in Miami uh, that is a fan of the Colombian women, they're nice people. (laughs) Come on down. But a lot of real estate brokers in Miami, they're exactly what they're saying. They say, get your money out now. And take your assets and come live in Miami, and that's exactly what's happened.
1: And Pat made one last note. Well, you know, you guys are talking stuff, and it's just that I think I'm a Marxist now because of Batya. So now <laughs> I think I'm switching over because how 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 dope was she as a as a as a guest? She's awesome. Amazing, Batya. She's awesome. awesome. It's great to, uh, talk it's to, great like to you.
0: have you on. I want to wrap this up with. Uh, uh a message for some of you guys with this picture up here that's my dog the one to the right jimbo 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 has been missing for two days now okay we went out to dinner on saturday night with the kids we came back both of them got out coochie to the left was found jimbo to the right was not found mm-hmm. and uh, we've uh, that same night i got on the jet ski i went around the community to see if he fell in the water because that one time he fell i went and oh got him God. not there uh, and uh, we had the security camera to see if he got out of the community. This is North Fort Lauderdale area. He did not. Uh, so if anybody sees that dog, Jimbo, on the collar is my phone number. You should be able to get a hold of me. And uh, if you do, you're in the North Fort Lauderdale area, I'm going to give a finder's fee of $5,000. If you do find Jimbo, this guy's been my uh, best buddy since I started the insurance company 13 years ago. They're pretty much our first kids before we had kids. Uh, I would love to see this guy come back. The kids are not yet. I love my oldest son, Tico, is still being very optimistic, saying he's going to come. He's going to come. And it's great seeing their attitudes on how they're handling this. We're going through this uh, because if you have a dog, you know what it is to have a dog. So, again, if you know anybody in North Fort Lauderdale area, his name is Jimbo. He looks like that. $5,000 finder's fee. You can either send us an email, info at valuetainment.com, or text me on the number that's on his caller. Uh, Jimbo North Fort Lauderdale area thanks
4: for listening guys uh Tyler go ahead you have a big thing coming up tonight
0: what's the oh yeah tonight I'm doing a real estate uh, bubble mm. webinar if you haven't yet signed up there's twenty thousand people that have already registered for it wow and the capacity is only five thousand and last time we hit five thousand within the first five minutes so if you haven't yet registered put the link below to go get registered to it. We've done weeks of research, hours and hours of research, and it's a, if you watch the Dave Ramsey market crash video, this is a different perspective on the market crash video with a ton of data, and then you can make up for yourself what you want to do. There's a lot of folks in the real estate uh, industry, mortgage industry, title, furniture, escrow, construction that are curious, and there's people that are not in the industry that are curious. You may want to get on that webinar. At the end of it, I'm going to give you a 20, 30-page PDF of all the things we talk about on tonight's webinar at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Put the link below in chat and the description for, uh, for people to log on to. Last but not least, uh, if you loved the, our guest today as much as we love Bhatia, go ahead and purchase her book, uh, uh, well, Bad News, How Woke Media is Undermining <clears throat> Democracy. And, uh, you know, if you really enjoy the debates, the back, I mean, if, I think we started debating from five minutes in, yeah. right? It was not even, hello, hey, Hi. I disagree. Let's, yeah. It was awesome. If you like that format, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. You're awesome. Looking forward to having you back Thank again. Thank you so Take care, everybody. Much. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.